0: What a great sound! So clean. Just we got to start the episode with the. Oh, it's so nice. So nice. There you go. Thank you,
1: thank you. Here Bef- we are again. Before we begin, oh uh, why? Well, before you begin, I yes. just wanted to get a picture so people really understand. I'm a, I just want to get a picture of your setup right here.
0: Take it sideways so it's nice and landscape. Nice
1: and yeah, here, here. is that we'll landscape? We'll even do this.
0: <laughs> I'm not an alcoholic.
1: Excellent. Bye. You know Man what down. the problem is with this church warden? doesn't fit in the pipe rest. I got to use my, my whiskey glass to. You, no, there we
2: go.
0: I wonder if the bowl floats, you can then take it and put it in your whiskey glass. Uh, that would be counterproductive to the briar. That wouldn't work. There's one
1: thing I hate there's things that are counterproductive.
0: Counterproductivity is, it's never a good thing. That's why we have dre- dre- bre- berry. What and the fuck is his
1: name? on Dice and Pipes, uh, when you can't say a word, you got to roll to drink. This is this may be the record, kids wow. at home. Even I, though, I even though even nobody like... listens to the Warhammer episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ah! We're at... I, saved I think we're at 1 minute 30.
0: Well, I done fucked the, up. The what opening volley.
1: Uh, five dice, D and three. Okay, we
0: can do this. Wow. Uh, I, I passed, but I have a complication. Oh <laughs> so this already. This uh, is just dude, it, you know what's it, it's funny because now watch I'm already gonna start rolling as bad as we'll see, I believe, in the uh in the episode that we're gonna play during this episode. Fucking horrible. There's the drink at number one. Oh, oh my god. god. Don't forget your complication drink. Oh, I'm gonna drink that right yeah. now. Hold on. I got fucking like a hundred die all over the place. What a sloppy intro this one is, huh?
1: <laughs> a drink at number two. Oh, wow. Oh. Uh, so of course, on dice pipes, when oh. you fuck up a word, you gotta roll to drink. Uh, oh, <laughs> you God, just no filled the glass, mind. and now we're filling it again. Fill it again. We're in a little bit of a sour mood today. Th- this is a bad day. A little sour mood today, but we're gonna we're we're professionals. We're gonna get through yeah. It. We're gonna
0: get through it. We're gonna we're gonna do a little living in the past. Yeah, let's uh, let's restart. We'll restart. The
1: universe has many horrors yet to throw at us. This is not the end of our struggle. This is just the beginning of our crusade to save humanity. In the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only war. There is only
0: dice and pipes. Welcome to... uh, Dice and pipes this is gonna be the Warhammer edition um, I'm joined by Brian Brian how are you hi everybody I am uh, I'm not as as uh, bad of a mood
1: as you are but glum I think would be the word it's you know what it's kind of shitty outside like it's uh, we're not sure if it's gonna rain or what it's gonna do it's it's not hot
0: um, well the good thing is here in the West cabin we're protected yes from the elements so if it should in fact rain right we'll be okay yes Um... It's actually, dude, I love it in here, especially when the sun, not to sound stupid, but like when the sun comes in in a certain way, or at least like the sunlight comes in, when you smoke and you have that like lingering smoke that just drifts across your side of the table towards the window. Yes. It's very, it's very cool. Kind of adds to the atmosphere in here. Absolutely. A little tired today. Yeah. Got rekindled, uh, rekindled an old relationship over Ooh. the past couple of days. What's her name? Nothing. No, nothing that's going to threaten my marriage. Oh well, well. actually, <laughs> this might threaten my marriage <laughs> if I do a little too much of this. Um, uh, Instagram and Twitter, Dyson pipes. Very good call. Cool. I got you. Yes, I th- got your back, thank Jack. You, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, Diablo Three. Oh, yes. Losing a lot of sleep.
1: Let's talk about this real quick. Uh, so I redownloaded it uh, with you. I wanted to take this journey with you. Yes. Uh, you know, maybe we should just hang up our hats after this illustrious two months of being on the air. Uh, and just go to a retro podcast because we, we, we've we been playing games that are old. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And now we, we started playing Diablo 3 together. Um, What a game. I love that game. What a
0: game. E- and, and it's funny, and I was telling you before we started recording, I was having a... Uh, obviously, we record in... Do we say that we record in batch, in bulk? We record in triplicate. We are... This is not live. This is... If we were on TV, you would see that disclaimer that pops up on the screen. Yeah, do not call... D- well, yeah, that too, but previously recorded. Yes. All right. Yes. There's no fine print on this show. It's just previously recorded. It would be in like the top right corner. We'd be fucking good to go. People would understand right. that this was not recorded live.
1: Yeah. So the so other day, we, we
0: just last week we recorded Warhammer gameplay. This week we're recording the intros. Exactly. So I had a conversation with my son, and he was going on. He was telling me about how um he was uh he was also rekindling an old relationship. He was going back to playing World of Warcraft, and. To keep this brief for brevity purposes, uh, we had a joint account. I, you know, when he was younger, I played on my account and let him make a couple of characters. And he actually took off. He really enjoyed playing the game. So, long story short, I ended up going into my old BattleNet account and found that I originally played Diablo three on the PC way back in 2012. And I'm just still blown away by the fact that that game came out seven years ago on the PC and about a year and a half ago on the PS four yeah so but anyway great game running a crusader
1: yep i um, am running a necromancer and i love the idea uh, just my like goofy D D brain of uh running a, a paladin basically and a necromancer together yeah um and all the hijinks that they would get involved in like you're trying to pray for a corpse as i'm reviving it i could see like an old
0: <laughs> <laughs> i could see like an old 90s sitcom The Crusader and the Necromancer, (laughs) just like living together. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like Balky, perfect strangers. (laughs) Perfect strangers. So, um, yeah. Anyway, moving on from that. Yeah, I've been having a lot of uh, a lot of fun playing that, and uh, of course, losing a lot of sleep because in the
1: right because we've been playing it for now, not even a week yet. Yeah, yeah. I probably
0: sank about over easily over twenty hours into it. So you're level fifty-three, three, and you've already beaten the campaign already beaten the campaign and now i'm, I'm just started working
1: on adventures Excellent. last night
0: Excellent.
1: well i think we needed a little break from uh, ghost recon wildlands because i felt like so fun it, it is but i felt like especially the last few times we played like our frustration level it has been very high started up
0: here you yeah that's I a mean? good point and that is not a game that if your frustration level is high that there's really not much going on in that game to bring it down
1: yeah like when we first started playing uh almost on a regular basis, I'm sure this is not exclusive to us. I think this is just online games when you're playing with actual friends. Uh, it was a competition to see who could blow each other up first. Yes, it a was, lot of C4, uh, lots of C4 going yeah. down. You'd, you'd look at your like your friend and realize that he's in the menus because he's talking about weapon skins, <laughs> and then you <he> just <laughs> gently like creeping up behind him like the the Pink Panther, and you're just dropping a C4 right at his feet and backing away, and then oh, check out my gun, boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes,
0: not uncommon for us. Which makes Uh, the game fun, in my opinion. Yes,
1: but now we've been playing so long because we're all on a hunt to get to tier one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's gotten a little hardcore.
1: Yeah, and now like those games aren't around much anymore. Now now it's like we're not even doing the challenges anymore. We look at the first challenge, and if it's anything above kill three guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking... (laughs) In any way possible. I'm over it. Yeah. Totally over it. Especially like we spent probably two entire days doing the challenges. I ended up unlocking like nine crates... And I'm you like, fucking I'm done. Get? I you're can't. I, I'm done.
0: And that's really all you're doing challenges for. Not to turn this into like a Ghost Recon Wildlands episode, but like still, like what the fuck are you doing challenges for? For these stupid ass crates that really net you nothing. Right. They give you garbage. Even though your 23 skidoo is. My my favorite thing. Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny to listen to your character screaming out 23 skidoo.
1: Especially when everyone's frustration is at their max. and <laughs> Everyone's just being quiet. Like, just, just stewing, and you just hear,
2: 23 skidoo. <laughs> Douchebag.
0: <laughs> well, to keep the game light, at least, you know, we we do come up with some pretty unique uh, outfits to run around in. So, yes. So that's always fun. So you I see us looking like jackasses, but it, we play the game pretty serious. I mean, we're doing yeah. it extreme mode. I limit my HUD down, so. Yeah, I just found out the other day you were playing with no crosshairs, you sick fuck. Yeah, I don't play with crosshairs.
1: So Crosshairs are equal pussy, that's what I say. That, that's it. Um, so before we get into the drinky and the smoky, yes, uh, yes I have to take umbrage. I have a bone to pick uh somebody we don't talk about very often here on the Dyson Pipes uh program uh and that is our if you i swear to God, if you disparage <laughs> who I think you're about to let me tell you a story about uh our useless producer i'm not what does this guy even do around here? Uh, Barry Druckheimer. Why is he useless? He's fucking useless. Uh, let me tell you. So, uh, to launch the podcast, I did a live stream to celebrate and, uh, the guy afforded me, uh, no tripod for my camera device. Right. Because so, he wanted
0: it to seem like it was, you know, like somebody sitting alongside of you recording it. Sure. Yeah. But I, I was trying to draw maps. Yeah. And he was over your shoulder holding it. Right. No, I was holding it.
1: He, and, and he set me up outside at night in the woods with these two huge floodlights, right. uh, the, These these uh, filler lights that we have.
0: Yeah, the guy spares no expense.
1: No, 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 no. Uh, the problem is when mm-hmm. there are millions, and I mean millions of mosquitoes and other okay. oddities flying in my face, crawling in my ears. Uh, chiggers were crawling all over me. I believe all over your face, all uh, crawling in my
0: ears, your crotch. Yeah, right very in itchy the
1: ball area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was my first
0: strike against our useless producer. So, hold on. So, let me just cover the two points here. So, either A, you wanted to, since you decided to do this at night, you wanted to record this episode (laughs) with no lights on to keep the bugs out, therefore, nobody would be able to watch the video, or B, should, well maybe before you recorded, he should have been responsible for, like, caulking the West Cabin. Well, the problem was, uh, and I, I don't... I don't. By the way, that sounds a bit pretentious. I, that's why I'm. I love it. The West Cabin. The West Cabin. Dude, I sound like such a dickhead <laughs> saying that. <laughs> if dick? only people
1: knew what the West Cabin looked like. Uh, it looks like the inside of a giant coffin.
0: <laughs> just <laughs> a awesome. giant pine coffin. It, it, and and nothing, dude. I just I love looking at. Not to shift the topic because I don't want you to talk shit about my man. But looking over your right shoulder and just seeing like the cacophony of games. Yes. That are up on the ledge. It's. Yeah, yeah, it's very nostalgic. Uh, we'll,
1: we'll, we'll get some pictures of this bitch up eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Barry tells me that we can't do it in, in the West Cabin because the internet does not work out here. Fair enough. I get that.
0: The guy's so, a realist. Right.
1: So we went to the East Balcony. Uh, <laughs> that's how big the compound wow. is. Wow. This is good. Uh, we went to the East Balcony. Um, but here's what he hands me. I have a roll. uh, I don't know if it's in here or not. Uh, I have a roll of ones with a 20 wrapped around it. (laughs) Uh, That's for a fist fight I have later. (laughs) Now I'm in a bad mood. Uh, We were just interrupted by uh, an emergency procedure on my shark vacuum cleaner. Uh, And the guy says, oh, take the end of the bristle and pull it off. So I damn near rip it off of the brush. And then Mm. I find out that it unscrews. Pull it off, unscrew it, whatever. Either way, close enough. Uh, so <clears throat>
0: now you feel my pain,
1: Barry. Great guy. He hands me uh, my phone to record this, and I said, "Is it on a tripod?" He said, "Kind of." I don't know what that means. I'm thinking maybe like a selfie stick, and that would be fine because I can mm-hmm. like wedge it on the back of the chair, whatever. He hands me uh, uh, a microphone stand <laughs> with the phone taped uh with um hurricane tape good and this hurricane tape that's it right there Little yep.
0: gorilla tape yep
1: greatest tape by the way yes uh and i said thank you uh, how am i gonna utilize the screen when it's taped mm-hmm. to the microphone stand he's i don't know what you want me to do and walk that's what i get i don't know what you want me to do
0: but so, because he knows you're not using the screen you're supposed to be using the camera
1: Sure, but I need to activate the screen to activate Instagram, to activate the live feed, to then start recording. This sounds like a you problem. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> so that's what this fucking guy uh, tells me to do. Uh, and now, mm-hmm. now he's coming to me and he's telling me uh, that we need to work on our listenership for Warhammer.
0: Oh. So now this guy knows what he's talking about.
1: I, I will give Barry this. Mm-hmm. He is a very uh, analytical person, and he can uh, extrapolate lots of information from the numbers. I I, I can't do that. Uh, I look at total downloads and say, it "Looks good to me." He he actually goes in because he's got a sickness with numbers. Mm. Good good. He uh, he goes in and can really pull out the information. So I guess it's worth keeping him around for that. Uh, but he can still go fuck himself as far as I'm concerned. I think he's a great guy. Yeah. I don't know why you have such a hard time with him. So I guess, real quick, before we get into the smoking, and the Drinky, uh, what, what, what do you think we should do with the these Warhammer? Because the people who live in the Warhammer are probably fucking degenerates like us. This is a very unique
0: gameplay. Very unique gameplay. They're just dark, twisted animals. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking mm-hmm. if by the end of the summer it's still like a pretty large disparity. We start taking clips from this very program, putting it on our D&D program.
0: To pull people over. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Or maybe what we do is we just raise the hijinks in the 5e, not the 5e e campaign, but in the Warhammer campaign. Raise the hijinks? The hijinks. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I love hijinks. Yeah, hijinks are great. I can't believe I just used that word. It just I know what The
1: age. name of this episode is going to be. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Hi, Jinx. <laughs> uh, with an X at the end. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good. Um, so, yeah, lots more people listen to D&D than they do this uh, fine
0: program. But I, I I think that's only natural, though. Like, more people know, like, when you're searching it, like, more people know about Dungeons & Dragons than they do know about any kind of, like, Warhammer role-playing game. Right. So you're, you're just naturally going to get more people that are going to be gravitating towards Dungeons & Dragons yeah. than you were Wrath & Glory. Wrath & Glory is uh, obviously a new role playing system. Right. So people aren't gonna
1: know. I think what
0: we should do is just randomly
1: with wanton abandon. Ooh. Just switch the campaigns one day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 okay. I'm fine with you that. You know,
1: they're turning into they t- oh, fuck. Roll please. Oh, I don't even have dice. I'm unprepared. Come on. That's this how that's how cocky I was. Wow. Unprepared. What did I say five with a and I'm, three? and I'm,
0: I'm sure you're gonna blame Barry. That's his fault for not giving you the dice. Fucking hate monger. You're a what? A hate monger. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I'm not drunk it's yet. it's hate monger. You think so? No, we'll let it slide. Let's not make it complicated. Ma- maybe it is. I don't know now. Wow, you aced it. Oh, boy. Yeah, you aced that. Oh, boy. We should raise the stakes. Okay, so,
1: oh, oh, no.
0: Oh, no, I'm shifting one. There is no shifting in this. It's just on the wrath. What are you shifting to? To you, no. You can only make me drink if you roll a six I'm the roll dice. The yeah, raft. but that—that's at my leisure. What do we do when we shift a, a victory? We never, we've never come across this.
2: Hmm. I will
0: right, we'll get back. I'll drink, but we'll, we and go. then we'll, we'll. There we go. Hijinks. <laughs> a
1: bunch of fucking hijinks <laughs> in this episode. Uh, All right, what are you smoking? So, <clears throat> I was talking to uh, Clyde, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a true gentleman. If I oh, miss. you don't have
0: anything negative to say about him?
1: No, come on. Uh Clyde has uh given me Awakened Elder. Mm. Um only the second bowl of this I believe that I've smoked. Uh it's it's I think it's a Balkan. I enjoy it, but it burns hot. Um so I asked him to cuz my tender my tender mouth can't handle hot smoke. Uh so <laughs> so he gave me uh my Barasini. C ten three oh three,
0: church warden. So the smoke gets
1: nothing cool.
0: Good. Up the stem. Now, okay, here's here's a here's a question. When you say it burns hot, it burns hot like the smoke. The smoke is hot. Yeah, there's a lot of tongue bite. So not the bowl. Oh, all right. So you're getting yeah. tongue bite. It's yeah. not the bowl that's like cooking. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. So a little little tongue bite. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well then that is the uh, that's the perfect pipe to smoke out of. Because that's fairly long. That's gotta be it's gotta be what, twelve inches? Yeah. Might even Twelve might be, f- I don't know. That's a big fucking pipe.
1: I think just the, just the stem is probably uh,
0: twelve inches. Yeah, it's good. Well, it's a lot of lot of length, not not so much girth, but a lot of length. Right. Sort of yeah, yeah. It's like a noodle. Yeah, yeah. To cool it off, cool the smoke down. I've got my little uh, Savinelli Series Three, little billiard, very fat kind of stem, uh, and I am smoking. Uh, this is my vapor pipe, so I'm smoking Escudo. I enjoy coins. I'm learning. I really enjoy the idea of these coins.
1: I don't think I have a single. I don't have
0: any coins, dude. Coins are fun. Well, not fun. I mean, whatever. It's fucking tobacco. But like, they roll it up and then they cut it. They slice it into coins. Yeah, you've seen them before, yep. right? They're like little discs. And oh man, I'm getting low. I gotta get more. But little discs, and you just kind of fold them. I fold them twice and I stuff them into the fucking pipe and I light it and away we go. Yeah, No like three pack method, no crazy fucking technique to, to get it going. Just very loosely kind of folded over, stuff it in. This is a fairly generous sized bowl. So I would say I could probably go to, maybe if I'm looking to smoke like a really long time, maybe stuff three of these sons of bitches in here. But one is good. I put one in, so I'm smoking that. Dude, this is a little different as far as like the the drink goes today. So I went to the liquor store, and I ended up finding this um, single malt scotch. And I've never heard of this before, and call me a noob, I guess. I don't even know. I don't even know if they're new. Aberfeldy? Have you heard of them? No. I've never heard of them before. Uh,
1: Michael provided a Chivas Regal, and I was, I, I've already done the Chivas. So you told me that you stopped and get this. Can I see the bottle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had never heard of it. Um, as I'm, as I'm getting towards the bottom of the glass, uh, I'm starting to enjoy it a little more. It's a very peaty. Yes. Um, but overall, uh, it, it does pair nicely with the awakened elder, uh, but the awakened elders a pretty harsh smoke. Right. Um, so they, I, I guess the, cause this is, this is kind of harsh, this, uh, this scotch, but it, it, it pairs nicely. Um. The smokiness and the peatiness, I think, goes well with the latakia that's in the awakened elder, so I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's a Highland single malt Scotch whiskey, uh, twelve uh, age twelve years. Important to note, they lose over a third to the angels. I'm sorry. It, it says Please, just just read that one more time. Sure, I'll read it in quotes. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. read it exactly what it says. Yeah, yeah, we go from the top of the bottom left to right. To top the of the bottom. bottom of the bottom.
0: You go into the top of the bottom. Aberfeldy. Top of the bottom, right? Not top of the bottle. I said top of the bottle. You said top of the bottom. Fuck <laughs> you. And the pass.
1: Uh, Very good. Uh, the top of the bottle. Thank you. Aberfeldy Highland Sky.
0: Uh, fuck <laughs> me. <laughs> you are you sure you want to read the label? Yes. You could just read that Rolling one line. Again. Yes. Uh you. You know uh, Yeah, by the,
1: by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. Chin. Good, good, good. It's the, it's the name of this bottle that's fucking with me. Aberfeldy Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. Guaranteed 12 years in oak. Next line. We lose over a third to the angels, mellowed for 12 years in handmade oak casks. This smooth, sweet, it is not sweet. Dram offers rich rewards. For those who like to dig
0: deeper, ooh.
1: What do you think? They lose a third of the to the angels. What,
0: what is that? Maybe they play Diablo three, <laughs> and fuck Tyrael has come down, and they have to sacrifice some of their scotch to him, in order to keep their distillery up and running. Well, anyway, so
1: this is not endorsed uh, by our mixologist, but uh I'm enjoying
0: it. How how's it going on your side? You know, I like it, but I. To be honest, I don't think it really goes that well with Escudo. I don't like the combination. Okay. I don't know. It just kind of leaves this, like, aftertaste in my mouth that is not very pleasant. So I do not recommend. And now I'm wondering if it's, like, a single malt scotch thing. I'll have to try the uh, the uh shivers. Yeah, I'll have to try the shivers. because shivers is blended. I, I'm curious to see if it's because it's a single and it's a little too peaty mm-hmm. that it's not going well with the... uh with the Virginia Parique, I've had better combinations. A big Virginia Parique with Jefferson was perfect. I, I think that yeah. was that was really good. That was a good combination. But that's more of like a you know it's completely different. I mean, we're talking bourbon versus Scotch. And now I'm interested to see if it pairs better with a blended.
1: Well, there's only one way to find out. It, drink more. Yes. Good. That's the answer to most of my problems.
0: Yeah. 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 You, you know what's funny? When mm. you were reading this bottle, you know what you didn't find on this bottle? Mm. Which leads us to our toast. I'm going to raise my glass for this one. Oh, shit. Today's toast is to fine print. No fine print on this bottle. No, I'm looking. There's nothing fucking tight. They're not trying to hide anything. There's another side to the bottle. Yeah, but again, they're not trying to hide anything. Everything, all the print is the same size on the label, outside of the name. Uh. and And that's obviously... What are you looking for? Fine print somewhere, dude. It's everywhere. You, you know what makes me laugh? You watch like commercials,
1: <clears throat> and uh, it'll be like, okay, "So wh- you're you're toasting the idea of fine print or the actual physical? Why is
0: this print so small? Well, it could be a combination of pro. Uh, like I understand why the print is so small. It's because they want to deceive you. Mm. They're scumbags, and I think we can thank lawyers for that. All right. So w- w- where, where are we at? What, what's the, the actual? Uh, You're not going to find fine print on that. It's not trying to deceive you. I'll give you the perfect example. You watch a credit card commercial, and they tell you, you're approved. And then if you look at the fine print, it says subject to approval. So how are you approved? What are you looking for? You're not going to find fine print in there. What are you looking while at?
1: While you're going on your, I'm going to look at my Getting Started with Warhammer 40,000 book. What fine print? They're not trying to lie to you in And that. then I'm going to find fine print <laughs> no. in my Dragonlance, More Leaves <laughs> from the Inn of the Last Home.
0: There wouldn't be any fine print unless in the back there's a recipe and then one of the ingredients in the recipe is poisonous. And in fine print, <laughs> they tell you <laughs> this, this ingredient could potentially kill you. This ingredient is known to the state of California to cause cancer? Every ingredient is known to the state of California to cause cancer. Why is that? Ah, whatever. That's another toast. That's another toast. So you believe lawyers are the reason why fine print exists? One hundred percent.
1: So I guess what you don't consider fine print would be at the beginning of like a, a paperback novel and all the copyright information. No, that's, information
0: not, no, that's not. That's not fine print. They're not trying to deceive you. Like it's okay. there. That's like so for it, most people. This is people, more the
1: idea of fine print of shit like term subject to change. Exactly. Like we're going to go see uh, you know, Tyson and Evander Holyfield and at the very bottom in tiny print, card subject
0: to change. Yes, exactly. Or like blackout restrictions for a uh, sporting event. Or let's say, I'll give you, again, this is a little nostalgia. I used to sell cars. Mm-hmm. Used to put ads in newspapers for a particular car. You would see a car advertised and it would be some ridiculously low price. You'd be like, holy shit, I can get that car for that price. And what people would fail to do is read the fine print. And in the fine print, that car being advertised would be on one particular stock number that had no air conditioning, no radio, probably no steering wheel, had hail damage, <laughs> you know?
1: And lots of divots everywhere. You had
0: to qualify for like 500 rebates in order to get that car. So fine print, in my opinion, leads to a lot of uh, lot of bait and switch in the real world. So I know this is the Warhammer
1: episode, but I'm going to flip to D&D for a second. Yes. Uh... So Dragonlance, Mm -hmm. Uh, this book was printed in 2000. 19 years young, this book is. Here's what I've learned about dragon blasted steak. Four tablespoons soy sauce, one tablespoon oyster sauce, four tablespoons Worcestershire sauce, one dash ground black pepper, one dash garlic powder, two dashes Italian seasoning, four green onions, fine print, finely chopped. (laughs) Two teaspoons peanut oil, half cup water, one steak, fine print, any cut you prefer. One cup steamed rice.
0: Dragon blasted steak. You're welcome, internet. Um, I'm just actually now curious. So in the Dungeons and Dragons world that's been created, there are Italians. It's an Italian seasoning. So there must be Italians. So where is Italy... (laughs) <laughs> where, is, where is Italy on a five E map? Uh, well, it depends on the realm that you're in. Well, this oh, is okay. Dragonlance, right? So it, yes, hold on, I'll tell you. So Italians exist in the realm of Dragonlance.
1: I like the idea that as soon as I said Italian seasoning, you stopped listening to what I was saying. I was just, just waiting it. to. So I believe mm-hmm. uh Ital- Italy land is
0: Italieland.
1: Yes. Oh, uh, you know what it is? They renamed it to uh, Silventesi,
0: <laughs> right here in the south. I see, I see. So fantastic. All right, good. So Italians are actually elves. Uh, Yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. Probably more like drow. They're the drow. Yeah,
1: because they're all about the gangs and the mafia. Okay. All right. Well, right? That's that's like running
0: what? around calling people a bunch of fucking mamalukes, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, but with hand symbols. Yeah, a lot of hand gestures, a yeah. bunch of fucking jooches, you know? I don't know what that means. Chooch. It's like a... Chooch? No, not chooch. Oh. Total... Big difference, juche, juche, uh, juche, like a big dummy, a baby bobbidi uh, Yes, yes, fragile. Fra- <laughs> Must
1: be Italian. <laughs> uh, so lawyers created fine print to
0: deceive. It, it, it is a tool of deception that I am adamantly opposed to. You you don't agree? You seem like there's <laughs> no, a lot of like no, resistance I, here. No, no, no.
1: There's not resistance. I actually do agree with you. Um, it's just I'm not. I'm trying to think of. If I've if my life has ever been touched by you ever apply
0: for a zero percent credit card? No, never. You never bought anything on zero percent.
1: Uh, yes, I have. So fine
0: print would be okay. After zero percent, it goes up. It goes up to like twenty five percent. Right. That's in the fine print. You think they're gonna fucking advertise that? that. But you know that. But Mm. that's because now you're trying to make it seem like you're better than everybody else.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not Barry Druckheimer. I'm not trying. Barry's to Barry's be a good guy. Him. He's a good guy. Yeah, ask him; he'll tell you. Uh, <clears throat> I. Uh,
0: it is a tool to deceive people, and I have a, a, a severe problem.
1: with What that. about my? I'm starting to form the stance of
0: it's a tool to deceive dumb people. It, you say dumb. I say sometimes people who are a little overzealous. They see something, they get very excited, you know? Especially now. I don't know what happened when,
1: where all of a sudden you became the man of the people and I became like the You're dick. a company guy.
0: <laughs> that, that's that's what it seems to be. <laughs> you beca- now fight for the company, and I fight for the people. I guess you do. Uh, uh, I don't know. This is like role reversal. It is, yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Anyway, I yeah, I have a problem with that. There's no fine print on this. Like... It, this is actually, and I'm surprised. I actually don't have a tin of tobacco. Oh nope, I. This is like reverse fine print. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. here is my McBaron, HH Old Dark Fired, and in fucking gigantic letters, thank you government. Warning: This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. No shit. Yeah. Like, don't you think everybody by now knows that? I got
1: a can of uh, White Knight up there. Oh what yeah. An awesome tin that's ruined. By, by that they, fucking
0: horrible label. Yeah.
1: And it's it's funny because now they're running out of things to complain about cuz I I, I uh, stopped smoking regular cigarettes. I smoke this uh, goofy little jewel thing now. And it says in huge letters, warning.
0: This Juul, product J E W E L. J U U L. What is it, Norwegian? Juul. Juul. This product contains nicotine. No. They they, they Aren't does, you buying the product for the nicotine? Yes. Like, so don't you know that yeah. it contains nicotine? Uh it's not saying that
1: it caused birth defects or that like your jaw is going to explode. Uh, it lets you know that it's an addictive chemical. The ingredients are in fine print because these are all natural flavors that the, the big tobacco is trying to hide from everybody. Uh, such natural ingredients like glycerol. Delicious. And propylene glycerol
0: and benzonic acid. Funny, they don't include side effects on that, but... A quick search of the interwebs, as you refer to it as. Yes. I-, I can find side effects. Nausea and vomiting. How many times have you thrown up smoking that?
1: When I quit cold turkey for that, like, three weeks, and then switched to that thing when I thought I was going to tear someone's face off, I got a little... Uh, a little nauseous? Like, that that step between nausea and dizzy. Like, I was right at that, the, the
0: precipice. Did you have a headache? No. No. Did it cause any uh, breast tenderness? Yes, it did. I would figure as much. It's very uh, tender. What about very breakthrough tender. bleeding? What, you, what, the what fuck is, that? is that? I have no what idea. breakthrough bleeding? I have no idea.
1: It's like all I picture is I'm walking around and then blood just explodes <laughs> out of my skin. <laughs> breakthrough bleeding oh is what happens man. when I try to eat the crystals in the bottle of Aftershock. <laughs>
0: oh my God. It's like an episode of Hellraiser.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Holy shit. And then finally, um, death. Uh, problems with contact lenses. No. Nope. No problems with my contact lenses. Very strange. Anyway.
1: So if you take a puff of this thing...
0: It's going to fucking melt my contact your lenses. Your contacts are going to melt eyes.
1: and your skin's going to just erupt into blood and, and my will throw up. And my breasts will be very tender. Sore.
0: Oh, very, very, very sore.
1: Gotta be very ginger when touching the areola. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, here's the fine print. Here's
1: the fine print, you scumbags. Uh... Speaking of fine print, this is a very exciting moment for me. Uh, we are about to launch into the next, the next probably three, three, three episodes of a forty k. Are going to be this next gameplay session that we recorded, and it is balls crazy. Um, there was a line at mm-hmm. some point in uh, the gameplay where Bannon Spayburn says, "I'm sick of this stealth shit." And we have a four hour gameplay session of some of the most fun I have ever had uh, gaming. And it's funny because things got hot and heavy real quick. and as you guys will see, uh, lots of questions percolated to the top uh, of things that we need to address right here on this very program. We'll make the mistakes so you don't have to because also also we're too lazy to go through the book. The book is too big, too big. We go after. Or now, we go through I'll bet you the Wrath and Glory book is a book where you're going to find some fine print.
0: If that's the case, I'm burning this book. We need a book burning. Yes.
1: Nothing bad ever came out of that. No, no, no. no. I know it worked well for some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so let's check out Bannon, and we'll be back. Yes. Ah, the following gameplay is
2: brought to you by... Paladin Coffee. Enjoy a delicious cup of amazing coffee and get you through your day. Find them at PaladinCoffee.com
1: Warning. The following gameplay includes scenes of extreme violence and gore. Listener discretion is advised. So we are on your uh, gunship departing the
0: the Gorgonid mine. I'm not going to lie, it sounds nice when you refer to it as my gunship. The bird is in Man, here. Get out of here. I just saw him. He was looking at you. he was he was peeking at you. Like he wants to go on the attack. No, 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 he's not like the, the orca roach. Oh, good, good, good. Because <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm terrified these days. <laughs> no, you he looked know. very friendly.
1: Oh, good. He looked a little irritated that we were in his space. We're being quiet. I, thought, I think so. We yeah. closed the door. Respectful. No, I'm going to have to get rid of these bird nests. I'm sure there's more than one. Oh, I'm sure there's a bunch on the other yeah. side. Yeah. just yeah, because I don't think anyone's been in the other side uh, ever. <laughs> it's <laughs> a sealed treasure. Yeah. No, it's good. Uh... So as you're departing, uh, at the moment, you are headed toward uh, Levinus 7. Mm. Genevieve's uh, voxcaster goes off, and uh, she puts a hand up to her ear, and uh, you hear her say, Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I understand. It went well. We retrieved an artifact. Yes, sir. And she looks at you, and she kind of smirks, and she says, uh, "The the inquisitor would like to speak to you." And she pulls this little vox caster, like uh, like what the Secret Service has—a little thing that goes in the ear, like the little plastic thing. Right. Uh, and she hands it over to you, or holding it out towards you. I take it from her.
0: And I put it to my ear. Listen, if a bird shits on me, I'll <laughs> tell you right now, that is not good <laughs> luck. If a bird shits on you, I think then that means it's
1: just time to stop and we'll go kill Bolivians in, in uh, Ghost Recon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's all he's going to do is just keep like patrolling back and forth between. I guess so. That's pretty cool. Do we leave the door open for a minute and let him leave? I don't think he's going to leave. You I don't think, think so? He can fit out. Uh, it's yeah. like being in Lowe's. Oh yeah, that's a good point. That's what it is. He's talking to that. He wants to talk to that little bird. Oh. that's what it is. He's probably upset because once that's door why closed. it was so loud. He's in here. <laughs> he's not outside.
1: <laughs> like why? How the bird so fucking loud out there? <laughs> no, he's in here with us.
0: <coughs> oh god. Amazing. So she extends her hand. Yep. Uh, so I, I take the earpiece. Oh, okay. And uh, you know I'll take the coil. I wrap it around my ear. I. the earpiece into my ear go for Bannon
3: this is Inquisitor Grimarius Cantil is this Bannon Spayburn
0: yes sir pleasure to make your acquaintance
3: I am the Inquisitor for the Order Hereticus I'm in my ship Armageddon class battlecruiser Starhammer we've received information ...from a drug smuggler named Ghost. It's been brought to my attention that you are familiar with this.
0: I am indeed, sir.
3: We've received drop coordinates for a shipment of Wizard. As I'm sure Genevieve Parker has explained to you, we will not suffer this drug any longer. One of you must go to Levinus Seven and deal with Saul Orbest. One of you must deal with this drug. I don't care who goes... We don't have time to separate our efforts. Make your decision, and I will give Genevieve the drop coordinates for this drug.
0: My choice is to handle this issue with Ghost.
3: Very well. The drop coordinates are to a abandoned manufactorum 20 kilometers south of Levinus 8. The gunship will divert and drop you off there. You will be alone on this mission. Are you true to the Emperor?
0: True to the Emperor, yes, sir.
3: Are you pure of mind, body, and soul? Yes, sir, I am. I will not hesitate to burn you alive. Understand that. Understood. Until then, you are officially part of my crew. Congratulations, Acolyte.
0: Thank you, sir. And he disconnects. All right, so I take the earpiece out, and I hand it back to her. So
1: Genevieve looks at you and says, Okay, so uh, what did he say? we
0: uh were to split up there is a shipment <clears throat> there is a shipment of of wizard that uh i will be taking care of and from this point forward you're going to be responsible for handling this uh sol our best issue okay um he was explicit in stating that these were done at the same time so
2: okay
1: uh that that makes sense uh, I'm not sure. Have you ever heard the name Saul Arbest? Uh, ch- I know it's a large hive, uh, but he's, he's, the Inquisitor is obsessed with Saul Arbest.
0: The only knowledge I have of this Saul Arbest, Arbest is when I was staking out Backfire's house. Uh, I was approached by a few uh, enforcers on separate occasions showing me a data slate asking about this guy. Hmm. That's actually how I, uh, and I'm sure you might yeah, already. Yeah, I, rem-
1: I remember. Right. Okay. All right, so we don't really know who this guy is or why the Inquisitor is hell-bent on finding him. Correct. Okay. Well, here, take this uh, Voxcaster. She hands you a secondary earpiece. Uh, it's long range. We'll be able to communicate with each other. Okay. Uh, I will tell you, uh, while you're on your travels, and, and I'll do the same, but keep your eye out Uh, for a Synthorium battery relay. Uh, It's a device uh, for warp ships. Um, The Inquisitor's ship was damaged in a skirmish on his way here. Uh, So that's why he hasn't left suborbit yet. He needs these battery relays
0: replaced. And that's something that I take Bannon can look up on his own to... Like, he'll do a little research on his way. So, uh, he he looks at Genevieve... It's
1: similar to, like... uh, you need um, a head gasket. You don't know what a head gasket is, but you know you know what it is. Right.
0: Like if you In see it, you would know what it is. Right. One of those. Okay.
1: Yeah, like you don't know necessarily how to disassemble your engine and put it back together. But if you saw a piston, you'd be like, it's oh, a fucking piston. Right. One of those deals. Okay. All right.
0: Uh, do you have any
1: questions for Genevieve?
0: No. So I I just look at her and I say, look, I'll be in touch if I come across one of, uh, you know, one of those or when this mission is complete.
1: All right. Uh, So the gunship does a 180 and starts going to your drop location. Okay. Uh,
0: After uh, some time... Do I have a sense, by the way... Um, So this gunship is taking me to this drop location. Do I have an understanding or a sense as to how long I'm getting there prior to the shipment being delivered? Or am I getting there as the shipment is being delivered? You don't know. Would I know based on the original transmission that I received from Ghost? It it just told you that she would give you the coordinates,
1: uh, but the Inquisitor intercepted that transmission, so you never actually got it. So all you know is that there's a shipment either there or on route. Okay. Unfortunately, the Inquisitor wasn't very talkative about the details. Probably because he doesn't really care. Right. <laughs> so uh, it's either there, it's on its way, or it's already been taken. I guess are the three options. And the answer is... Oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you, the, the the actual details, you're not sure. Okay,
0: because I wasn't sure if that's something that I got from when I took out What's-His-Face in his apartment. No. And I no. found the original. Okay, I understand. All right, so we're heading to this drop location.
1: Yep, it's fairly close to your home sector. Right. Uh, because this is where Sol- uh, Wilmar would go to uh, to, to pick, pick up his up. shit. Uh, now, are, are you looking to stop anywhere or stock up on anything or... Uh, visit anybody or anything like that? Or are we going to go to the drop location? They're uh, obviously not going to drop you on top of this manufactorum. They're going to drop you in the vicinity.
0: Oh, but, of course. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it, no, for two reasons. Number one, I don't really feel like I have unfinished business that I need to, to take care of before heading here. And number two, I'm really... The Inquisitor is... Pa- oh, that's not the... Oh, he's now over there. <whistles>
1: How many people do you think play tabletop role playing games with mm-hmm. a,
0: a finch flying around their heads? <laughs> there he goes. He's getting ballsy. He is. I'm he, telling you, he's gonna he's gonna land on one of our heads soon.
1: He's getting used to us.
0: Yeah. Soon you'll be able to put your hand out like a falcon. Yes. To land on you. Yeah, a very <laughs>
1: pussy falcon.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Um. Maybe that's Alvord's familiar. Mm. now we're just blending the two campaigns together. He's keeping an eye on Shit, us. Shit, there's like Inception. I like it. Very cool. Um. So again, I, I don't think I would look to tie up loose ends, being that this mission is the first mission that I'm receiving from this Inquisitor. So I think I will uh, make haste. You know? Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty much stocked up on what I would need. You know, minus maybe a shower, but I'm not, you know, looking to stop for a shower. So
1: we're yeah, going to head straight there. Yeah, we don't necessarily
0: need to smell great, I guess, right? No, it's a fucking hive world. Yeah, it's it the 41st millennium, you know. Yeah. If I smelled like dial going into this place, so like I think I would bile? stand out. No, not bile. No, Slug Belly died <laughs> quite a while ago. <laughs> dial. Ah! Yes. Um. So this... This abandoned manufactorum, do I have any knowledge or is there any information that I can gather on the way there in regards to the surrounding area? Is this manufactorum abandoned along with other manufactorums in the surrounding no, area?
1: Uh, there used to be.
0: It's kind of bombed out. Okay. So this isn't some like revitalized area that's coming back and this just happens the to be opposite. one of... Okay. So yeah. this is like a dilapidated... Right. Okay. The last
1: standing building in what seems like maybe a couple square miles of, of factories.
0: Oh, so it looks like an old like European town back during World War II.
1: Right. Uh, do me a favor. I want to give you a little present. A present? Yes. Um. What kind of armor are
0: you currently wearing? I think I just have a flak. Hold on. Yeah, I have flak armor. Roll a 66 for me.
1: See how lucky you are.
0: Can I roll all these and add them up? No, no. A five.
1: A five? Yeah. On a
0: 66? Oh, 6d6. My bad. No, 66. Right, right, right. Yeah. I thought I just heard a six. Oh, so the bird just went out the door. Good. Get the caulk. <laughs> we'll fucking, we'll block ourselves in. So a 53.
1: 53. Okay. Uh, as you're exiting the uh, the ship, Genevieve stops you, and she says, uh, real quick, and she waves you back in. You walk inside, and she opens up one of the benches that you were sitting on.
0: We don't have time for this, sweetheart. And <laughs> no, 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 no. She's so hot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she produces a set of carapace armor. Ooh. Carapace armor is made from layered plates of armoplaz, common spelling, offering excellent protection at the cost of some Mobility. It's got an armor rating of four. And it's got one bulk. Uh, you have the Imperium keyword, correct? Yes. Oh, I should have asked you that first. All right. So uh, <coughs> your armor rating just went up by one.
0: Excellent. Thank you.
1: Um, well, Maybe. that was weird. Did that at the same time. Uh, bulk. Heavy and restrictive armor possesses the bulk trait. Bulk reduces the speed of the wearer by a number of meters equal to x. So, in this case, one. If you're willing to do that, uh, you can you can slap on the the carapace
0: armor. So I'm sorry, it reduces your speed by one, one meter. Okay, so hold on, let me. So my speed overall right now is a six, but I'm going to put parentheses five. If you are you going to put this armor on? Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Um, I just need to find out now. How um I'm sorry, what page did you find the uh that carapace armor? Does it say? Yes, that is on page 301.
2: 301.
0: I'm trying to figure out <clears throat> excuse me, how the uh the rating on armor affects like what attribute, if any, or combat trait. Th- it's your defense, so uh, it can't be my deep. My defense I had it at two, so unless it's like a fraction of like a total. What's oh, you your have- AP? My what? Your AP? Your armor? Yeah, but there so- is no armor value. Like, there's no stat as armor. So I can't think if it's my res- if it adds to my resilience. Um, hold on, I'm just trying to figure out like where.
1: So flak armor
0: has an armor rating of three, correct? This has an armor rating of 4. Right, so it's going to add to something. I just need to figure out... I don't even know what to look up in the index. Archetypes, attack attribute test... Here, let's...
1: Armor rating. A measure of how well the armor protects the wearer. Armor is added to toughness to determine the wearer's resistance.
0: Okay, but then... See, this is where this game... Like, you have to be very careful. Because it will add to toughness, but then I think your resilience is also based on toughness. So like you have to, there's a chart that they have someplace in this book that shows you when you start building a character, like what base stats add to inherent abilities, like a score that's derived from other stats that you don't pump stats into. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which adds to your toughness, right? All right, so now here's what's going to happen. My toughness is now going to be a 5. My soak is also my toughness, so now my soak becomes a 5. Hold on. Armor,
1: Armor rating is a measure of how well the armor protects the wearer. Armor is added to toughness to determine resistance.
0: What is resistance?
1: Resilience? Oh, I'll bet you that's what it is. They, they misworded it. Because I don't see... Is there anything for resistance on the character sheet? No. Yeah, so it's supposed to be resilience.
0: They've done goofed. Okay. So now, why am I adding points to my toughness? All right, I should just have plus one toughness. I don't know why I dumped the fucking point in there. So my toughness should be four. My resilience is my toughness... Plus one. So my resilience is a five, and then you add the armor, so it's going to be plus four. Right. That's where AP
1: comes in with weapons. Nine. Because it can neutralize some of that. Right. Like if you have an AP of minus six, it's going to neutralize six armor pieces. Right.
0: All right. Sorry. So we're, we're set. We're set. All
1: right. Uh, well, they're making things even more complicated. Good. She also gives you an off-specs. An Auspex is a versatile handheld scanner. It detects energy emissions, motion, and life signs up to a range of 50 meters with a high degree of accuracy. This tool gives you plus two bonus dice to awareness tests. So now you should have the Auspex, the Combi tool, magnoculars, uh, which are 41st millennium binoculars.
0: And I'm sorry, the Auspex...
1: Plus two bonus dice to awareness tests. You're gonna have a lot of shit to keep track of, my friend.
0: Wow. I gotta prepare you for what's what's inside the factory. So as she leads me back onto the ship and and hands over this armor to me, I um, I thank her. I take off my uh the flak armor that I currently have. Um, I put this new armor on. And then I'll take this uh the auspecs and I'll I'll put it in my uh like I'm thinking, he he wears almost like a duster, like a right, like a full length duster with pockets on the inside. So he'll take this Auspex and affix it someplace to the inside of this uh duster or someplace onto his armor. Like okay. if they do like uh like Molly shit. Sure, like yeah. Some, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Be real tactical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a mall ninja. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So I say, uh, I thank you for that. Um, I'll be on my way. Uh, Good luck in your mission for the Emperor. For the Emperor. And with that, the gunship
1: takes off. Okay. So you're about half... I've been refraining from saying this, but I'm going to say it. Are you about to say click? Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fucking half a click out. You're half a click out. <laughs> How did you know? Am I going to start using like ranger beads? We've all... I have
1: a set of those. Get out of here. Yep. On my uh, green jacket. Uh, we, we've already been
0: doing radio way too long.
1: <laughs> if you knew I was going to say click. Yeah. <laughs> I just... I sense... I
0: fucking knew it. I saw your face and I was like, he's going to click. So we're half a kilometer out. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. No, say click, man. It sounds so much better. Oh, fuck it. Yeah. Uh, Either click or kilo.
1: Uh, that's weight, I think.
0: Kilogram, kilometer—it's the same shit. Kill kilo. a goose, kilo. whatever. Kill a mockingbird. Kill this fucking I hear bird. He's—he's he's ruining the ambiance. To be honest with you, this is like this is like the crow, but like the the G-rated version. <laughs> yes. Yes. You the know? Disney crow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is like I said. There's a, it's a it's several square miles of blown out buildings. So there's uh partial edifices still standing um,
0: I'm sorry what time of the day is it I would say it's getting towards like dusk and the uh, the gunship that just dropped me off quiet
1: no but not loud enough to draw attention from half a click
0: okay but if anybody was only a, a, a block or two let's say away from the my drop point easily heard yes okay so I'm, I'm fully aware I'm on heightened alert, let's yes, just say. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and just to kind of give a visual, because it seems like I'm starting to, like, stockpile some some pretty cool weapons. Um, as far as, like, orientation goes on my person, it, here's the way... Yes, I was um, actually going to ask you this, yeah, so go ahead. So this is the way that I would kind of, uh, I would describe Bannon. So all his miscellaneous goodies, his reloads and shit well not so much his reloads, but like uh like the the monoc- the, the binoculars, um the combi tools, stuff like that. He he's got a backpack. So he's got the backpack. Uh obviously on his back. He carries the uh the chain sword is going to be in a sheath between the backpack and his back. Okay. You know, so when he draws it out, it's it's coming from behind the uh, like contained, concealed by the backpack. The auto pistol he's gonna have in like a uh, like a thigh holster. Okay. All right. So that's gonna be on his left leg. We're gonna go with Bannon. Bannon's a lefty. So nope, he's a righty. I did say a righty, right? Yep. Oh, son of a bitch! I'm sorry. I did say a righty. Don't start retconning shit. No, 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 no. I don't know why I remember that. Yeah, that's crazy. What fucking... What
1: started that? that uh, grabbing the junkie by the hair and smashing his face into the wall. Oh, my God. You grabbed him with your right hand because you're right-handed. Uh, and then you grabbed your knife with your left hand. Interesting. A good call. No idea why I remember
0: that. That's <laughs> that. pretty funny. Okay. So, I'm sorry. Check. So, the auto pistol is going to be on a thigh holster that's on his right side. Because, as we all know, everybody should know by now, Bannon is a righty. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, so that's on his right. The knife is going to be cross draw for for him. That's going to be. I knew something was going to be cross draw. Yeah, because he's going to use the knife lefty. So that's also on his right hip, but it's angled so he can you know obviously cross draw it with his uh, with his left hand. the uh, The bolt gun is going to be on a sling that's carried in front of him, like a two point sling that he tries to hide. Like if he has to hide it, I would imagine the the bolt gun Swing. is relatively compact I almost view it as like a
1: like an M4 maybe or like an AR
0: yeah like yeah. like a carbine you know or carbine depending on where you come from uh, so that's on a sling and that's always in front of him and again if he tries to conceal it you know maybe he'll duck it underneath his arm and, and button up his uh, his duster um, and that's it you know he's got his reloads on uh, you know on the armor wherever he can affix it to and we go from there I have to ask
1: yes because one day we'll have fans that will want to know this. Where is the hourglass Uh. with the ruddy sands of Mars? In my mind's eye, I picture two things. One, the magnoculars on your head like those goofy goggles that I wear in Ghost Recon. And you just pull them down. I don't know why. Uh, That's actually a cool idea. I like that idea. Uh, and for the Sands of Mars, I picture them on a tearaway chain hanging from the hilt of either your knife, your chain sword, or your bulk gun. It's almost like a like a
0: decoration until you pull it off and then use it. That's what I'm picturing. It can't just be in your pocket. No no no, I would not keep it in my pocket because that's something I think he's so obsessed with that that he would want people to see it. Like it's almost something that like he prides himself with. He wants people to recognize him. Around his neck, maybe? Well, no, because eventually what ends up happening is, based on, on being an acolyte, you're supposed to get a, uh, a, uh, uh, a symbol of, like, authority. And so I would think that's going to be something that he's going to wear proudly once he's really taken under the wing of this Inquisitor and he's given the Inquisitor symbol, that he's going to proudly wear that around his neck, you know, like an amulet style type thing so i like your idea i would say on the left strap of the backpack ah like hanging from one of the buckles it's just gonna hang from one of the buckles with like some sort of quick release either it's on like a d-ring with like a carabiner or something like that but he always accesses it with his left hand because nine out of ten times he's usually got his gun in his right hand and it's easy he can always switch grab it with his right if he's got his knife drawn yeah. with his okay. so it's, it's kind of in an easy access location and not affixed to any weapon in the event some shit's going down yeah I think that's a good idea
1: alright good yeah. alright so Bannon's all decked out all decked out probably happy as
0: a pig in shit right oh, now oh man he just got off the phone with the Inquisitor you know <laughs> this is great it's like when you win the uh what, what was that the uh the oh shit what the hell uh, was name? lottery I, no, oh. no, 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 no! Remember, like all the they show you the commercials of the old people. I thought it used to be like Ed McMahon. They used to come around with the Publishers, publisher's Clearing clearinghouse. House, yeah, with the big check. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that, that's how he feels right now. They just knocked on his door. Good. All right, so he's pumped up, ready to go,
1: ready to go. Good. Um, you know what? I'm I'm so excited by the way this Bannon character looks right now. Yes, yes. Give yourself a point of wrath.
0: Oh, I should give me three. Communications coming in. I'm going to spend a wrath to make a narrative declaration. Oh, shit. We were just talking about this. I should have four. No, I'm kidding. I'm (laughs) kidding. I'm not doing it. Stupid. (laughs) Okay. All right. I think that paints a a, a pretty basic beginning picture of the form that Bannon is, is starting to take. And hopefully, like you said, we get some fans that have a little artistic ability and, you know, starts to create a nice little image. Yes.
1: All right, so we are in this factory complex. Uh, like I said, lots of blown-out buildings, burnt-down buildings. Uh, picture, like, any New York City 80s movie.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, like like graffiti all over the place and, like, crackheads mulling around. Yeah. Because it's now turning into, like, the witching hour, right? The sun's going down, and, you know, now that's where the crime, which I'm sure the crime here is already through the roof, but... All
1: right. So uh
0: what are we doing here? Are we gonna
1: something
0: uh, well, stupid but me, Are we gonna
1: walk down the street or are we gonna no, like, probably gonna not. Like I-, I wanna to get
0: like a lay of the land first. Like so it's like a typical city streets, right? It's it's relatively flat grade, right? Mm-hmm. Yes um now as it gets darker out, right, are there street lights or this is like such a fucking rundown area that like electricity is sparse? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there a heavy police presence? Like, no. do I so no enforcers are rolling no. through here at all? No, it's it, you could hear a pin drop. Oh, really? Yeah. Anybody out on the street? No, not that you could see. Okay. So I I think my approach is going to be if I'm let's just say for argument's sake I'm on the block, the same street rather not the same block but the same street that this manufactorum is on. I am not going to head down that street towards okay. the manufacturer. So I'm probably going to start working my way um, on one of the side streets and at least approach this place from a block or two uh, outside. I'm probably going to say like two blocks outside.
1: Alright. So I'm going to roll a 66. Alright. So there's a couple buildings uh, with three, four floors still intact. It's going to require a little bit of climbing, a little bit of elbow grease, but you
0: could get a bird's eye view uh, of the area. To the point where even a half click out, I could see the manufactorum that... I would think maybe like half the distance. All right, so I close the, dif- the distance from a few blocks, uh, you know, to let's say the east of uh, the main street that leads yes. into this place. And yeah, I- I'm going to start taking a look for a building that I can get some sort of vantage All right. point from. I'm going to roll a 66.
1: Anything higher than a 40, uh, you'll have a building close enough where you can get at least a view of your target. That's a 52. So there is a building that's close enough. Uh, There's no stairs, unfortunately. The building's pretty much a shell. But there is a fourth floor that's intact. On a strength test of two, you'll have the, uh, uh, the strength... And the, the constitution required to climb up
0: this building. Should be an athletics test now. What'd I say? Strength test? It doesn't matter, they're the same. Okay. They're, they're both the two. <laughs> uh, yes, you are correct. All right, I'll, I'll make an attempt, even though this might be futile.
1: First roll of the session.
0: it. before I roll is is this something where like if like this is taking into account climbing all the way I have to climb to the fourth
1: yeah 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 I'm gonna like this one roll will get you like halfway up and there's a landing where you can kind of rest and kind of regain your strength and then climb again Uh, this roll is for the whole
0: unless you want to do it in sections no I'm thinking I might I might just pass on it okay for fear of falling (laughs)
1: It's not 200 meters.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, but I, I, I might try to... <clears throat> I think I'm going to take a different approach. Okay. Yeah, just no access to a fourth floor landing is, I think, too rich for Bannon's blood. Okay. He kind of looks up at that. He's, he feels a little bulky now wearing this new warmer, and he's thinking he doesn't... He's not looking to risk.
1: Well, if you want, um, we'll do a difficulty of one to get up to the second floor. Okay. And maybe we can use those sweet magnoculars yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: all right, let's do that. All right, I have one icon.
1: Thank God. All right, so I think uh, you get to the second floor. You're a little sweaty, and you realize looking up... Good thing I didn't try to climb the rest of this. Uh, lots of broken rock creek, lots of exposed rebar. Pretty precarious mm. as, as you climb up there. Uh, But you do have a window view of the Manifactorm. It's close enough where you can identify it easily. Uh, It's a larger (sighs) building. You can see smokestacks rising. It's the only building that appears to be intact in a 360-degree view. Right. uh, Or at least mostly intact. Uh, If you want to use the magnoculars... Absolutely. As you zoom in, you can see lots of st- stormage drains coming out the side uh, here and there. Catwalks. Uh, like like metal mesh catwalks. Lots of diamond plating mm. um, on the walls. Rust holes. All the things that come with an abandoned building. Again, the smokestacks. Uh, one of them is broken and, and in disrepair. Uh, and if you want to give me an awareness test,
0: difficulty two. Okay. Wow. I only have one icon. Ouch. Everything's right as rain. <laughs> Looks
1: fine. <laughs> um. All right. So you you take a gaze through. It's probably a little too far. Oh,
0: hold on one second. Uh, ooh. Yeah, I'm going to spend a Wrath. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm down to two. And what I say? I had one icon. Now, here's my question, which I, I think I already know the answer to this. So you spend a Wrath, and it's re-roll failures once on a test. So I rolled... Six dice. The wrath dice is that you are going to ask. Yeah. Do you have to you re-roll it, and if it's a complication, you suffer the complication, right? Uh, yeah,
1: I would think so. Right.
0: I, mean, I, I would think that's only fair.
1: I think it. I think they would have to if they, if that wasn't what they wanted, they would explicitly say do not re-roll wrath. Yeah,
0: I completely agree. Um, but I'm wondering, in the book, do you think it goes into further detail? Because on the on the character sheet, let me. Let me just you know what? We'll, we'll we'll say no actually, for now. You know what? I, you know what? I'll Even it if later. it doesn't, I'd rather roll it. Because I think, I I don't know. I just think it adds more of more fun dynamic to the game. I'm going to re-roll the wrath. As long as the wrath wasn't a success at the beginning, I think we should re-roll the wrath. Yeah, I I just put in my
1: notes. uh, Check on wrath dice re-roll. So I'll check later to confirm. But for
0: right now, I'm going to say go ahead and re-roll. All right. So one was a success. So I rolled a five. All right. So I pass. I have now one, two, three. I have four icons. Four icons and. any exalted? No,
1: no, 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 no. Okay. So you notice. Oh, Jesus Christ. At least on these exterior catwalks, five individuals walking around. Okay. With a sixth individual perched up higher standing still. You can't tell which direction he's facing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a little foggy, a little dirty, a little hazy. But there's at least a sixth figure elevated from the other five walking around on the catwalks. Uh, I imagine maybe one or two of them are hanging out, just kind of bullshitting with each other, leaning up against a wall. Uh, One guy's just walking around, fucking around on something you can't tell, fidgeting with his hands or whatever. But there's also this sixth gentleman uh, up on an elevated area like a
0: floor above
1: maybe yeah maybe one or two floors from this distance it's a little hard to tell um, <laughs> but you could see him kind of shifting his weight on his feet like his feet are tired kind of a thing right uh, and you can't tell if he's facing away from you or towards you okay and I would also say uh, uh, I'm gonna roll one more dice on uh, an odd the what appears to be a, a front door like a bay or, or some kind of main entrance will be towards you and even you will not see any primary entrance and you will not see any primary entrance facing you. Okay. And I'm about how far out? Maybe like a quarter of a kilometer. Okay. Which everyone knows is uh, X amount of meters. You know, if I have to explain it.
0: Yeah. 250. Something like that. I gotcha. Empire State Building. It's a quarter click. <laughs> you know? Everybody knows what a quarter click is. QK. A QK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> QK. <clears throat> Since Bannon can't see an entrance from this vantage point on, I guess, this facade of the building, he's going to work his way down. And then, now, he was two blocks over and catching an angle. He's going to maybe go a block more over and then start working his way north, we'll say, if he's approaching from the south. So the southern, the south. We'll we'll say he's traveling, just to be difficult. We'll say he's traveling west. (laughs) Only because you said north and south. (laughs) So if he's traveling west, then the east-facing side of the building does not have any access to it.
1: A, a primary entrance that I can
0: that right. I can observe from my yeah. vantage
1: point because there's probably other buildings and rubbles of buildings in in your way. Right. You don't see anything that's like, "Oh shit, okay, that's how I get how I'm going to get in here."
0: Right. And I can also I can also understand that based on my vantage point since I'm not at the top of this building that uh, there is a significant portion of my view that is obstructed by other rubble, preventing me from getting an entire picture of this building. Correct. Okay. So it, being that I'm so far out, I can only make out, like, the uh, like the silhouette of this guy. I can't see if they're facing me. I don't know if he has any sort of, uh, you know, magnifying equipment that he's maybe observing, watching for people. Uh, like I said, I'm going to exit this building, and now that I know the building is west, I'm going to head north for a block. Okay. A- and then continue to approach in a westerly direction, maybe close the distance by half and look for another building potentially that I can uh, maybe get another view.
1: Okay. Um, On a 50 or higher, you'll find another building. Mm -hmm. Nope. Okay. That's a 14.
0: All right. So I would think now at this point, I mean, I'm I'm fairly close. I've got to be within like 150 meters or so. Yeah. So, all right. I think what I'm going to do is <clears throat> I'm not going to rush into this building, obviously. I'm uh, I'm almost going to, like, camp out. So I'm going to find some rubble that, that offers me some decent cover uh, between myself and this building, but something that gives me a vantage point that I can look down the street and actually see. From where I am, can I notice some sort of entrance into this building? You can see...
1: Um Maybe a hole in the wall, okay. Maybe a couple busted out
0: windows, uh, but not like some sort of like uh, like a um, like you would find it like a uh, like a food store, like a delivery port. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like yeah, giant yeah, yeah. No, no no doors that's, that would open. That's kind of what
1: I was thinking for the first <laughs> roll is right. like a huge bay door or something of a that. Bay nature. door, thank you. Yeah, f- Um. So at this point, from where you're sitting, no, you don't really see anything that's obvious, but you do notice larger holes from bombshells
0: going off okay. or, or whatever. All right, again, I think I might hang out for maybe an hour.
1: Give me an awareness test.
0: Difficulty one.
1: Uh, you can add your uh, plus two if you would like. Okay.
0: I'm sorry. I passed, and I could shift two, but I also rolled a complication. Excellent. I'm so happy. Yeah, me too, actually. Uh, What the fuck is going on with your rolls over there? I don't know. Very strange. You're, it sounds like you're rolling 30 dice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, well, it's crazy because
0: now that I have this, I get eight dice for my awareness. That's one of the things that I think I bumped up Yeah. to make sure. Uh, all right. So, yeah, because here, look. Hold on. I'll tell you. My awareness skill is a three, and my intellect is a three. So I have a base roll of six. And then now with the um, with the all specs I'm getting two. Okay. So my awareness within 50, right? 50 meters is yeah. eight. All right. Excellent. So you can shift two, you said. I can shift to. Wow. Okay. So here, here's my take. Either create a complication or I would I would be willing to take the two shifted dice and cancel out the complication.
1: Oh, we're keeping the complication. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was worth a shot. It was worth a shot. Because uh, I'm dying to see what you're going to say to this. Okay. Uh, so as you're kind of leaning in the rubble, uh, gazing here and there, taking a look, uh, maybe even popping something in your mouth to eat here or there, a little snack, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you hear the unmistakable rumbling of a vehicle coming towards you. Uh, Because of your shifted dice, you immediately realize there's one vehicle. It's coming fast, and it's coming from behind you. It's coming from the east, heading west, straight on the street that's nearest to you, whether that's going to be north or south. Okay. Obviously going toward this manufactorum.
0: What do you think the complication is? So I would think maybe uh, this catch is Bannon by surprise. He's so fixated on the building. Um, I think shifting the two dice, like you said, will give him enough of an awareness to kind of duck out of the way and hide from this moving vehicle. But the complication maybe would be that one of the lookouts at the building maybe saw something move as he kind of glanced in that direction because he was also... Caught off guard, not off guard, but he, he kind of looked in the direction of this vehicle that was coming in, and kind of saw me jump back.
1: Okay, yeah, I like that. Um, I am going to roll. Which, uh, what is your
0: very high stealth six? Six. Okay.
1: I'm going to roll an awareness test on one of these guards.
0: Okay. A six? Yeah, 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 total six. Okay.
1: Uh, Let's see if he sees you.
0: Okay. (sighs) Oh, no.
1: Five
2: icons. Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> uh,
0: okay, so... I thought you were about to fuck with me. You said five icons, and you're like, Oof, and one exalted. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. Two exalted, one icon. Okay. Uh, and a three on the wrath dice. Okay. Uh, so, they uh, no, as far as you could tell, you don't hear any alarms going off. You don't see any flares being popped off in the sky. The truck did not stop. Uh, affording you the opportunity, I would imagine to kind of peek up and see what this truck is doing. Yes. So the truck stops uh, just short of the building. Can I make out like what kind of truck this is? Some kind of transport truck, non-military, like a like a, a, a like a tractor trailer, like a forty like a forty okay. k tractor trailer. All right. Uh, how far away would you say you are from the manufacturer?
0: Uh Well, like I said, I have to be within one to one hundred and fifty meters. Okay. So I'm I'm fairly so, fairly close. Okay, so give me a no, give me an investigation test,
1: uh, difficulty two, and take one bonus dice because you're going to use your magnoculars to see what's going on with this truck.
0: Investigation. Okay. Difficulty two. You said yeah. Uh, I can shift, and I also have an exalted on my wrath.
1: Hey, all right. Yes. I thought for sure you were going to say complication. No, no. I'm getting back into the, the good rolls. All right. So you give yourself a point of glory. Yes. Now, in addition to these six gentlemen malingering around uh, the exterior upper levels of this building. Right. As you're watching, uh, two men get out of the truck and they're approached by five more guys. Uh, You can see you shifted, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so they're shaking hands. Uh, You can tell they're kind of bullshitting with each other in a friendly fashion. They go to the back of the truck and they open it up and the five guys, along with the driver and the passenger of this truck, start heaving huge crates toward the building and uh, they're obscured by something uh, rubble whatever right so you can't see where they're going but after a few moments the five guys plus the driver and the passenger come back little fist bump action and uh, the driver and the passenger hop in the truck they execute a three point turn and start heading back your way uh, I'm not going to make you roll a stealth test. I'm, I just assume you kind of lay down and let the truck pass unless you want to stop it.
0: No, I'm not going to stop it. So let's even just say that the uh, the exalted on my wrath was sure. just me yeah. being stealthy. So for this encounter, like nobody sees me. Pause for a minute here. Yeah. Um, so here's my question because I completely spaced. The um, The purpose of this is to sh- destroy the shipment
1: that is, yes, that's one of the missions, but we're trying to get Ghost. Right, right. Yeah, of course. That's, I mean, all things
0: lead ultimately yeah. to Ghost. But,
1: yeah, we don't want this, uh, well, <coughs> we don't want to have the shipment of drugs, whether that's what this is or not.
0: Right. We don't want the shipment of drugs to uh, get, hit the streets. Right, of course. And that's regardless whether that came from the Inquisitor or not. I mean, Bannon is that's not Bannon's that thing. That's Bannon's thing. And the Inquisitor.
1: The Inquisitor is very clear. Right. He will not suffer the drugs. Okay.
0: All right. Sounds good. Continue.
1: Uh, So the truck uh, rolls away. It's heading back east. Uh, And after
0: a moment or two, the the engine slowly dwindles away. Okay. And uh, you are once again in the silence. All right. So, again, I'm going to peek my head out, and I want to look and see the five guys that met the operators of this truck. Are they moving this product, these crates or whatnot, into the building?
1: Uh, Give me another investigation with a plus one dice.
0: And what's my DN? Uh, two. I passed. I can shift. And? and? I have an exalted on no my No
1: way! Oh man, this is great. All right, give yourself another point of glory. And you're shifting. So you can see uh, that they are, you're still slightly obscured, um, but you can definitely see that they are entering the building somewhere. On
0: the face of the building facing you. So it looks like the the entrance that they're going in is just obscured by rubber. Whatever's in front of you. Okay, but I know that the entrance... So now not only are there windows or like a hole in the... uh... Maybe it's one of these holes. Okay. Uh, Maybe there is a doorway of
1: some description. Right. There is some entrance on the face of this building facing you uh, where they are bringing these large crates in. And they had four crates. And just for your record, uh, we have so far identified minimum 11 bad
0: guys. Right, right, right. That I have. All right. So can we say that for the Exalted on the Wrath, that from now, multiple times taking a look at this building, I kind of of have down whatever the observation pattern of the guys up above are so I can try to make a, a clean... Uh like a cr- a clean run to this building to kinda to get in if I want to. Uh yeah. Uh the the guys up on the top
1: <coughs> the way their body language is is almost kinda like uh, it's a union break. Right. Coming up here to kinda get some fresh air or whatever. Uh it's not like they're patrolling. The only one that really seems like they're actually doing something is that elevated last sixth guy. Okay. Uh, He looks like he might be on lookout duty. Right. Um, Now, maybe one or two of those guys who are kind of malingering around are, in fact, patrolling, quote-unquote, but they're not really taking it seriously if that's what they're doing. Uh, I would say with that shift and kind of studying the the surroundings, the blown-out buildings around you, uh, boulders, uh, divots in the ground, craters, whatever... You can kind of figure out where, how to make your way to within, I would say, 50 meters of this building, fairly comfortably, without fear of okay. getting caught.
0: All right, then I'll take the opportunity. Bannon's going to move forward.
1: Okay. All right. And we're going to close into within 50 meters? Correct. Okay. Okay. So uh, from here on out, any
0: uh, awareness tests will utilize the aspects. All right, great. Um, so now I'm within 50 meters. I'm hiding behind some more rubble. The six guys are still up top. Am I getting to a point where I'm getting close enough to this building that maybe even the top guy is now becoming like out of my field of vision? Like is he set back or is he still on the same kind of facade? Excuse me, the same like the facade, the catwalk setter wrapped around the the, uh, the building here.
1: So you could still have a line of sight on him, but now you can tell, at least as of right now, he's facing the other way. Okay. You can also uh, get a fairly good look at these uh, people. Uh, they all appear to be regular humans. Okay. Nothing special about them. Uh, the one thing you do notice is they're all dressed the same. Meaning? Uh, they all have uh, like black, um, kind of dirty... Pants of some of some kind, with uh, flak uh, armor. Okay, uh, and the armor all has this symbol. Mm. Uh, some of them have it on the back. Some of them have it on the on the breast uh, of the chest plate. Uh, and the symbol is a circle, and on the inside of a uh, uh, on the inside of the circle is. Um, not a skull, but picture like a like a modern art skull. It's kind of swooping on the top. It kind of goes to like a point, like General Grievous. You know his oh, head. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of looks like General Grievous's like silhouette head. Okay. In this circle.
0: Okay. Something uh, like this. Okay. Now, does that does it spark like a memory? Like looking through these data slates when I was looking at like shipments. To particular dealers because I know that there was a list of maybe like four or five dealers when I got my hands on the original data slate I think through uh like slug bellies. Give me a scholar test. I'm very scholarly. Oh what's my DM? Uh three. Three. I failed. I have I have one icon. Um now here's here's an aside let me ask you this question because I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this and I'm not going to do it for this but I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this narrative declaration what is the difference between me rolling and then spending a wrath to re-roll my failures or making a narrative declaration that I know what the symbol is uh, because once you fail the roll you can't, you make, can't a make a narrative declaration, declaration.
1: I, I, know it. I know what it is right
0: okay so that's something that I would have to do prior to the roll yeah if I wanted to and I don't know if that would really fall into.
1: I guess technically it would. Well, I um, guess if
0: you can attach it to a story, like if I said, "Look, I'm going to make a narrative declaration that in that data slate I did come across this symbol and it yes, tied to that one." That would be okay. Yeah. All right, it so, wouldn't be like I'm making
1: a, nar- a narrative declaration.
0: I know what that symbol is. Right. That you know. Yeah, you would have to tie it. It would have to yeah. have some sort of like narrative component to the campaign, which makes sense. I think that's only fair, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so going back to the Yeah, I fail. I, I, only I
1: am excited by the way that we're we're all of a sudden kinda of itching to
0: use this the yeah, yeah. declaration. Yeah, I, I wanna find a good way to kinda of incorporate this. We'll we'll see. I you know, I still have two wrath and two glory. We'll see how uh if we can. If not, now moving forward I know. I know how to use it. Good. Anyway. All right. So I fail. I have no idea what the fuck it is. So anyway, like you said, so the guy up top, the uh, you know, the guy who seems like the main observer, his back is to me. Can I... Um, so obviously these guys have now brought these shipments inside so the street is clear. Yes. So if I want to make a run for... Can I see the entrance that they... Yeah, it's, uh, it's a blown out door. There, okay. there is a door there, but it's kind of like blown off the hinges. Okay. How far um, off to the side of the building were the other entrances that I noticed, like the, the whole... They're kind of scattered throughout the
1: wall. There's a, there's a couple of windows here or there. There's a hole. There's a crack. Uh, there's multiple entrances if you're small enough, strong enough, okay,
0: stealthy enough. Right. There, there's multiple ways to get into this building from this side. All right. Well, basically what I'm looking for is from my point where I'm at right now, I want to look to see if there is a, like a blown out section of this wall that's large enough for me to get into. Um, that maybe has a window near it that I can kind of peer through and make sure that before I crawl into the fucking hole that there isn't six more guys just kind of coffee clutching. No. Okay. All right, then I'm going to when I feel that that it's safe, I'm just going to try to make my way across the street to the building off to the side. I'm not going into the area that they just loaded the product through. So I'm probably going to look at one of the original... What I thought were entrances into this building from the first, uh, my first vantage point. I'm gonna, okay. head, I'm gonna head over there.
1: All right. Are we looking to kind of scope it out, like on the inside of the building? Or are we trying to do like the, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm definitely gonna stick my, yeah, I'm not just yeah. diving right. in okay. and going, hello, boys.
1: All right. Uh, give me a stealth test, difficulty one. And because it's nighttime, and you're very used to this area, give yourself one bonus dice. All
0: right, I pass, and I can shift one.
1: All right. So <clears throat> I would say that you sneak up to this building, and once you get flush with the building, the shift, uh, the the guys who are on the above levels can no longer see you. Okay, You're too close to the building. Right, right. Uh, I would also say with that roll. How many are you shifting? Just one? Just a one. Okay, so I would say that you can get a... There's a window that happens to be right at eye level. So if you crouch down, you can kind of poke up without having to kill yourself to see inside.
0: Okay. All right, so I'll I'll, I'll peer in through the window.
1: All right, give me an investigation. Uh, Difficulty one. I have one icon. All right. On this ground floor where you're looking in. So I picture you're somewhere near uh, like the northern side uh, of the building. Mm-hmm. East facing wall but towards the north side. Uh, and you're looking in. You can see it's a room. And uh, you can see like, like makeshift dumbbells. Uh, makeshift exercise equipment there's two guys in there working out okay uh, and I would say we're not sure if these two guys are part of this original group that you saw come out and grab the shit you, you were too far away you couldn't make out facial features so you're not sure if these two guys are part of that right uh, this room is enclosed with one door and the door, uh, if you're looking in the window, would be on the south wall. If you look to the left when you're looking in the window,
0: okay. If you look to the oh, left, right, 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 yeah,
1: you can see a door and it's closed. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm not going in there. Uh, I'm going to circle around the building. Okay. Uh, which way you want to go, north or south? I'm going to go. So I'm at like the northeast corner of the building. Uh yeah. Okay, so then I'm going to go west. So I'm going to continue on like the north face of okay. the building and head west.
1: Uh so there's a road. And just just past the building, just to the north of the building, you notice a security shed. Like a checkpoint.
0: Okay. Fairly close to where I am.
1: I would say, like, 20 meters to the northwest of your location.
0: Right. off On the side of the street. Yeah. Do I see any guys?
1: No, but from where you're sitting, uh, there's no doors or windows on, from where you're standing, either the south-facing wall or the east-facing wall. Right. So the door is either on the north or the west. Right,
0: right. Okay. I think um, it is... Not that I want to overcomplicate this, but, like, that little guard shed, the uh, the one wall, is it, like, even with the, the building? Like, the west wall? Yeah, I would say so. It's kind of even with the building. Yeah. All right, so I think what I'll end up doing is, um, as long as that street is clear, Bannon's going to make his way all the way to, like, the, the northwest corner of the building. So he can look back down. Okay. You, you follow what yeah, I'm saying? So so he's going to go in between the building and the shack. Correct. And then look... So then, that way, I could try to see if the door for that shed is on that side, and also clear down the block.
2: Okay,
1: uh, give me a stealth test. I'll do this. As you're proceeding past this building, to turn around and look back, mm-hmm. uh, are we? Are, are you doing like a? Like, you're constantly checking to make sure that there's nobody there, or are you just kind of, like, crawling, or how, how are you making your way?
0: Well, I would think, all right, so so he's going to stay crouched along the edge, like, I'm I'm right up against the building.
1: Okay, give me a stealth test difficulty one. Okay. Uh, no bonus dice, because you haven't been to the side of the building yet.
0: Huh. All right, I pass, but I have a complication beautiful. All right. So, which is good because I think this puts things back into where I thrive anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Because I already know where this is going. All
1: right. So you passed the test. So you're not going to get caught. Right. I mean, that that defeats the purpose of doing the test.
0: What is
1: the complication?
0: So I'm thinking that on this side of the building, there are... like, there is no damage to the building, right? So there's only windows that haven't been blown out. So sound is isolated from those that are inside of the building right now. But let's say, like, as I'm creeping, I, I, I step on something. I make some sort of noise. There's some wood that I step on, and it's very brittle, and it breaks, and it attracts not only birds. Hey, he's back. Um,
1: hey, buddy. I'm just waiting for him to shit. Yeah. I can't I can't relax
0: until I see him poop. I don't care if he poops on the floor. Yeah, no, I just fine. want him... I want it out of his system. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's gonna turn the light on for us. Or maybe he wants to go out the window. Maybe he wants a drink. Is it There he goes. He's out There's the door. Another one. In here? No, there, uh,
1: it looked just like him. There's two of them out there. Yeah,
0: because he just dipped out the bottom yeah. of the door. It's fucking strange. This is is a weird session. This is why I love nature, you know? (laughs) Just love nature. This Uh, is great. We're in this, like, run-down fucking city, right? Like, we're playing this campaign in this run-down, like, hive planet, this shithole city. And the environment that we're actually role-playing it out, we're living with birds in a shed. You know what? That's a good point. Mm.
1: We should only play D&D in here. We should play Warhammer in Brooklyn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah on the roof of a gigantic (laughs) building uh so anyway so i i think so my my stealth test passes for those inside of the building so i can make it to the corner and i look and, and i'm clear so nobody observes me on the building but my step shifts something on the ground or breaks like i said some piece of brittle wood and whoever is in the guard booth hears it, doesn't know exactly where it's coming from, but now it's alerted him that there is something. How do you know there's somebody in there? If there is potentially somebody in there. There's totally somebody in there. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't there be? Uh, okay, so we're going to do two things. Yes, yes.
1: All right. Because um, that's a good complication. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to roll a D6 to see how many guys are in this shack. Oh. Now, there's not, there's not going to be six guys. It's either going to be one, two, or three. Okay. So it's a D3. Yes, yes. Uh, Of course. (laughs) There's three guys. There's three guys.
0: By the way, this uh, carapace armor, does it have like a button on it? That like chameleon that I can like blend into the... No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Too advanced. Uh, So for your complication, I think it's only
1: fair. I'm going to be rolling five dice. Mm -hmm. You give me the difficulty number. You get to be GM for a second. So, you're rolling five dice for what? The awareness test to see if they heard that cracking of the branch. I say a three. One exalted. Wow. You keep missing it by one, you motherfucker. Wow. All right, so, you see, uh... You can see from your vantage point, there's three guys in there, dressed the same. Uh... You're now close enough, I would say, um, to notice that they have, they're armed with auto pistols and knives. Okay. You also notice, uh, that they have gas masks. One of them is wearing the gas mask. Uh, the other two have them hanging from their belts. Okay. Uh, so one or two of them maybe come out and they kind of look around. Um, they definitely heard something, but they can't. They just kind of like, okay, fuck it, whatever. Uh, And they go back to playing a a card game inside this guard shack. You're really getting the feeling uh, that nothing really happens at this place. Right. Uh, The road comes in from the north and kind of comes to a T intersection and goes around the building. Uh, There's no actual doors on this face of the... Uh, of the building
0: and looking at the road going north from my vantage point it just goes off into the distance Okay,
1: I like that look that's usually the look that I have
0: yeah Uh, Bannon is growing increasingly frustrated with this stealth tactic (sniffs) alright and he feels like he's just one step away from alerting people to, to his presence because this is now the second time that he feels like he's almost been caught
1: If that's the way he feels, I I think there's probably only one way to deal with that.
0: Yeah. So what what Bannon is going to do... Bannon is going to... uh, All all these guys went back into that guard tower? Yeah. And they're sitting down playing uh, some kind of game. Dominoes, cards, something
1: like
2: that.
0: Okay. Uh, Bannon is going to... uh, He's going to work his way over to that guard tower... And can I... Can I kind of, you know, get an angle on the door that I could see into the door without seeing them?
1: See into the door without I, I them be able seeing
0: to, you? Yeah, so the door is open to this guard booth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Can I look inside of the guard booth and not see them? Like, let's say they're at a table playing. Like, I can have uh, a...
1: I see what you're saying. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's big enough... uh, Imagine if you're looking at the west-facing wall, right? I'm picturing that's what you're looking at. Yes. So yeah. it's a, it's a long, it's like a rectangular building that extends northward. There's a door and then a wide window just next to the door. If you look in the doorway itself, mm-hmm. you you can see maybe like the back leg of a chair. If you look in the window, you could see these three guys sitting down playing a game.
0: Okay. Um, what's this building made out of? Is it like concrete? Yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna work my way over to the shed. I'm gonna kind of put my back up against the wall where the door begins to open, mm-hmm. so I can kind of look in. And like you said, I could see this chair. I pull out one of the three remaining grenades. I pull out one of the three remaining grenades that I have. Okay. And I pull the pin on one uh-huh. and toss it in the shed and then run. Which way are you running? I am going back towards that corner of the building. So I'm going back to the northwest corner of the building. Okay. So another great episode. B- Bannon... Bannon, playing Bannon, I think, has become like a, a nice outlet for me. The guy just wants to wreak havoc on the world. Yes, you know, and I have a lot of fun doing it for a good cause, of course. As of right now, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where the campaign takes him. Um, but as of right now, yeah, yeah, uh, he's he's definitely doing it for the uh, for the right cause in his mind. You yes. know, he's very anti-drug. Of course, you know, maybe some people will question his methods. You know, to right. to kind of get the answers or the, uh, you know, the end that he needs out of this. But you know, so far again, uh, I really enjoy playing Harrison Bullet. But there is just something about playing this character that is, I don't know, it, it's 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 fun, but in a completely different way. Like I, I feel like I can let loose a little bit more with yeah. a, uh, you know, with a character in the forty k world than you could so much with a five uh, e car- campaign.
1: Well, uh, there's there's a lot of differences. Um, this game system and this campaign is really lending itself to reckless abandon, just kind of getting out there and making shit happen. Yeah. Five um, E, especially the campaign that we're running, is so far very secretive and very uh, political. Right. Um, lots of machinations in the background that that Harrison Bullet is trying to figure out. This Bannon. For whatever reason, uh, and I'm, we're going to explore this, I'm sure, at some point in the campaign, but for whatever reason, is just waging war, mm. more or less, on his planet. Uh, maybe it's it's self-destructive. Maybe it's uh, whatever it is. Uh, he's waging a war because his planet is fucked up. Yeah. And he, it reminds me of, like, the original Death Wish movies. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, where this guy is just like, I've had enough. You know, the the enforcers aren't doing what I think they should be doing. Nobody else is
0: coming to help, so I'm I'm gonna deal with it. This is like a uh, this is like a a throwback to like eighties America. Yes. The war on drugs, you right. know, and like th- yeah, nobody was doing anything about it. It was just so rampant and out in the open. Yeah. You know. I remember Miami in the eighties would take like record number homicides and it was all drug related. And eventually, you know the people in the community would get fucking fed up now, obviously, nobody was really going out and becoming their own vigilante and and trying to uh take matters into their own hands but you know I think this is something that that you see he takes very personally right and and maybe we'll find out one day why so at the beginning of this gameplay session
1: uh Bannon finally gets to hear the words of the inquisitor himself um And basically, he says to Bannon that we don't have time to fuck around. Uh, There's something happening. The Inquisitor, I guess, made it seem like there's an imminence, uh, and we need to deal with Saul, our best, and this ghost character simultaneously. We don't have time to deal with one at a time. Right. And uh, the bird is here. Come on. Yeah. Dude, what are the chances? Well, I mean, his house is still up there. I, I was looking at his nest, and I was considering tearing it down. No. And I I kind of felt bad, so I left it. Yeah. You got to leave it. I think once we finish uh, renovating, I'll, that's probably when I'll, I'll pull the plug. Yeah, because I'm afraid when I hang the netting on the top, he's going to get stuck in it. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I have a feeling that at some point during, um, during the summer... That son of a bitch is gonna lay. I almost said he is gonna lay eggs in there. He is not gonna lay eggs. But there will be eggs in that nest.
1: If there isn't already.
0: There might be. Great. So we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be recording and you're gonna hear little birds chirping. Yeah. And mom's gonna come in and feed them. Yeah. And get very upset with us if I happen to go near my bag, which is Peck why our eyeballs feed. out. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's gonna be like Alfred Hitchcock.
1: Um so you you decide to go after a ghost rather than soul our best. Uh and I've been pushing not really intentionally, but I, I'm making Saul Arbest best, like a a name that's come up a few times now. Right? Is there a reason why you chose Ghost as opposed to
0: the Saul our best thread? Um. Well, I'm gonna say I think it it t- it ties into uh, Bannon's desire or his his rage, his fight against these drugs that have now pushed into like his sector of the world. You know, he saw it with his buddy that he worked with, he saw it with now his neighbor and he hears this this name ghost and uh, he's just so fixated. We'll just say, you know, to kind of keep it simple that that Bannon has uh, a, a, the type of personality where he gets fixated on something and and nothing is going to pull him off of that. So even though Saul our best is a name that's going to kind of ring in the back of his brain, it's ghost that's like really prominent in his frontal lobe, and he's just he's fixated on this guy.
1: Kind of like he knows Saul Arbest is important, but Ghost is personal. Ghost
0: is a personal mission.
1: Okay. So you decide to go after this shipment that's intended for your buddy Wilmar. Yes. Who is uh, deceased. Um, and at this point, it would appear that nobody realizes that uh, uh, Wilmar is dead. Right. Uh, so the, the inquisitor decides to drop you off, uh, in the vicinity of this abandoned manufactorum, uh, and going with the death wish theme, I was imagining the way death wish portrayed Brooklyn with just burnt out buildings. Right. The, I think the first two movies was in Chicago and then he comes to New York city. Uh, and it's just burnt out buildings and you'd see an entire city block just devastated. And there'd be one building just standing in the middle of nothingness. And that's kind of what I was picturing. Just like dozens of city blocks of just rubble, burnt out buildings, collapsed buildings, empty lots. And this one factory still standing. Uh, so you get dropped off and you do a little bit of recon. You know, you start sneaking around. You, you decide to climb up some of the buildings uh, get a couple of looks, and this is when the dice really started going
0: against you. Which is odd because if if you take a look at the way my dice rolls have been in Warhammer versus Dungeons and Dragons, dude, it's been like a complete one eighty. Right, right. For some reason, D anD D, my dice rolls have been pathetic overall. Right, I, I've just gone through these r- just ruts where like my rolls were just fucking pathetic, and here, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the way the game is structured because there are there really are a lot of times in this game where you're rolling a ton of dice and, like, your DN is two. You know, and that's that's fairly easy. I mean, you, yeah. you've got to figure on each dice, you're looking at a 50% chance of getting one success, right? So, I mean, the, the odds are in your favor versus rolling one die to try to hit one number. You know, now you're looking at if it's a 20-sided, what do you have? Uh, I mean, it's still a 50% chance, but, like, the probability seems a little bit higher. I don't know, it just seems easier in... The way that they structure the uh, the dice and the rolling your target number in, in 5e to hit that number
1: after doing some thinking on it with D and d and Warhammer the biggest difference is you roll 120 sided dice right with modifiers and proficiencies and whatever and there is a gradient of success slash failure so a strength check uh, I want to lift this table and flip it your strength check, in my mind, I'm thinking, what's a table? There's nothing on it. So your strength check is going to be, your DC is going to be an 8. And if you roll an 8, yeah, you flip the table. Right. Uh, If you roll a 12, you flip the table with authority. You roll an 18, you flip the table and hit somebody with it. You roll a a crit, and you flip the table and knock the guy out. Like There's a whole bevy of, of situations. This with rolling so many dice, you either pass or fail, it's where these complications come in. Um and that comes up later in this in in this particular section of the gameplay from this episode. Uh but before we we start scavenging and whatnot, uh I want to give you some equipment. And I give you this device called an Auspex, which gives you a plus two dice to awareness tests uh within a 50 meter radius. And what I'm, in my mind, from behind the screen, what I'm trying to do is make you like a one-man army and bolster you up slowly, give you a little thing here, a little thing there, right? You're in the Gorgonoid mine the last session. You find a chain sword. Um, I'm trying to just sprinkle here or there pieces of gear that bolster you up to make you that one-man army Uh, because this game definitely does not service you with, in my opinion, it does not service you with NPC friends with you um it's very challenging because they the way the way it works is they either help or they don't so it's like in dnd you have these npcs that have their own stat blocks and all this shit this game is more like you have a background character that might be taking a couple of pot shots and they're supposed to be this expert it's it's very bizarre for me so i'm trying to make you like i said this one man army so i end up giving you this aspects
0: and this carapace armor Which I think lends better to the role-playing. Yes. Because then, otherwise, you feel like this NPC, especially more so in this campaign, ends up becoming like a crutch. And who the fuck wants a crutch? Right. You know? And, you know, we're doing a a one-on-one. This is a one-man campaign. And I I think it's kind of neat because if you look, most people, you know, you play in a group of friends and stuff like that. But this just gives you kind of a different flavor on, on how to play either you know, the D&D or the Warhammer one, which I think is cool. I, I, and I agree with you 100%. I think it's better served in D&D to have NPCs that kind of tag along with the character as opposed to this. I think this is definitely geared more towards if you're going to do a solo, dude, this is a one-man wrecking yeah. crew.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, like a special forces kind of an agent. Right. Um, so I give you this carapace armor. And when I was looking at the stat blocks, I, uh, I had you roll to see how good the item was I was going to give you. And so you ended up rolling uh, this carapace armor. And when I looked at the mechanics, I saw it increases your armor rating by one and increases or decreases your movement speed by one meter. Not really thinking about the character build, simple enough. Right. It wasn't until you donned that armor and went into your character sheet that this unleashed a cacophony of problems. Uh, because, and it was at this moment, I think we realized that the, the combat, I want to say rules, the combat mechanics might be a little, um, bloated. So I want to say, uh, and we edited for time. Obviously I don't want, I don't want like three minutes of silence while we're flipping through the book. Yeah. To make air, uh, it unloaded this this issue that we had with, well, now wh- what happens to me when I get attacked? And so it ended up affecting your resilience and your defense and your armor rating, correct? There was three
0: things. Well, here, to that point, we'll just back it up just a, a quick second. When you take a look, first of all, the game is new, right? So how many times, and this is our first campaign doing it, so I've only created one character. So I've gone through the book probably two, three times. And the book is... Good, right? yeah, oh yeah, the book is the for book better. Four hundred and fifty pages, for better or worse. Right. Okay. And now, when you take a look at like D and D, even though you've gone through these different editions, right? For the most part, it's it's kind of made the same. Like the structure of the book is relatively armor the same. class attack. Right. So there's proficiency, nothing new, right. groundbreaking. And even when you take a look at the player's handbook for D and D, it's about three hundred pages. But now here's where the difference lies. When you want to reference something in the warhammer campaign when you go to the back of the book it's always nice when you find an index and the index for the warhammer wrath and glory book is one page and the font is at like 12 is it it might even be bigger is it it fine print oh oh it's big it's big this one's big it's like 12 maybe 14 and like they they really really emphasize like the margins you know, it's fucking crazy. Like they don't give you a ton of information. When you compare that to the 5E player's handbook, you want to talk about fine print. Like this is fine print that helps you, which is very ironic. It was not made by attorneys. It is not written by attorneys. This is written by gamers. Maybe gamers should write billboards. Um Dude, here, I'll even here. Hold on. Hold on. Let's look at this. In the Wrath and Glory, when you look at the index, you have it's three columns. Okay. On one page. So you're very. And that's limited. the entire index. That's the entire. There might be only sixty points that they're giving you, to reference in a four hundred and fifty page book. Okay, when you take a look at five E, it's one, two, three, four, five columns per page, and it's one, two, three. It's four pages. Right. In a book that's over a hundred pages shorter, but it just allows you to kind of quick reference in a book that you pretty much know because you've been playing D anD. D for I mean, we've been and playing for what, over 20 years. It just makes it a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. This Wrath and Glory book is kind of sloppy. Yeah. In D&D, and,
1: you know, I, I understand if you've never seen a and d book in your life, this might be Greek, I guess, but having some basic understanding, armor class. Right. Right? Uh, your armor class is 10, and you throw on a set of leather armor.
0: Now it's 11. Right. That's it. Yeah, it's very straightforward. So instead of trying to beat a 10, I'm trying to beat an 11. Right. This, in Wrath and Glory, like you add new armor. Dude, how long did I spend? I must have spent like 10 minutes trying to figure it was, out. Yeah, it was like 10, 15 minutes. How to figure out like what stats were changing. So what happened when you put the armor on? I think we were overthinking it and ultimately what ended up happening was I think my defense went up or my resilience went up. I don't have my character sheet in front of me. But it was like only, it only affected really one stat. Right. And But the one stat that went up was tied to another stat, right?
1: Because in in Wrath and Glory, you have your base core stats and then traits, I guess, that are associated with that stat. And this, like I said, launched an avalanche of issues where, like I said, 15 minutes, we were sitting there. Both of us had the books open, flipping through pages, trying to figure out what was going to change, if anything.
0: Yeah, because what ends up happening is, uh, and part of it, I think we were, I was, Overcomplicating what the armor did like i was thinking okay it's going to change either like it's going to enhance my toughness or maybe it does some sort of like odd modification to my resilience and really all it does is you take your resilience which is based off of other stats that you have it's just weird they kind of like tie in all these different statistics in order to Together. give you like the value of a predetermined uh, stat so really all it did was just added one after all of that i think all it did was added one to my resilience So you take your resilience, which is your toughness plus one, and then you add your armor to it. Right. And and that's all it did. So... 15 minutes later. Yeah. Defense is how hard you
1: are to hit. And then resilience is how much damage you auto-soak before having to roll to soak. I think that's probably the easiest way to describe it.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree.
1: Rather than just doing armor class and hit points. And I understand when you start getting into high level, I understand what they're trying to do, which is you start building armor on top of armor. You have like a syntax jacket underneath uh, a flak shirt mm. with gauntlets of whatever, and, and you start building these random numbers. So I get what they're trying to do, but it just it
0: seems like it's way too muddy for its own good. It's a little sloppy. Because it, it almost seems like they're basing their principles in this Book at, off of like Shadowrun, because yeah. Shadowrun was the same way, right? Where you would layer, you know, when you would you would basically determine like what your uh, like your armor class, so to speak, would be, right? So,
1: so once we figured out uh, what to do with your armor, how to put it, it, it took Bannon a while to figure out how to put the armor on. That's that's what was happening, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of buckles and clips. Yes, yes. Uh, we spent a little time going into canon what bannon looks like and how he's wearing all of his shit his gun slung over this shoulder his his uh drop holster his cross draw holster for his knife we we get a little image of what he actually looks like wearing all this shit and then we go into our mission and we start scouting out uh this this manufactorum and this is where the dice were rolling bad for you right and bad for you again on my side mm. uh because There were different junctions where I was going to roll one d6 to see how many guys potentially were around. So you start scouting out the outside of the building. I roll a d6, and sure enough, it was six guys. Then you start doing something else. I roll a d6. Sure enough, six guys. I'm like, what the fuck? I haven't rolled this many crits in you know ever, Uh, back to back, especially. Then it's like five, six, five, five, six, four. I'm like, Jesus, fuck me. Um, and by the and when I was rolling a one is nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. if I was going to roll a one, that's nobody.
0: Yeah, that never happened.
1: Yeah, so we end up having a, a shitload of guys just kind of walking around, making everything very tricky. A truck comes rolling by and uh, unloads these mysterious crates, and then this is where this game is very strange for me, uh, because we I end up uh, calling for an awareness test, and you notice that these guys all have these skull patches on. And prior to playing this session, we are looking at what all the things you can do with wrath as opposed to glory. And we saw one thing that we've never used yet was a narrative declaration. And that plays into this collaborative style of playing. Uh, I don't believe D&D should be played uh, uh, confrontationally. It shouldn't be a DM trying to kill the players, in my opinion. Um... Unless you go into it knowing that. You're going to do a dungeon crawl, and I am just going to be a motherfucker. Uh, and even then, like, oh, three level one characters walk into the dungeon, bam, ancient red dragon. Like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, but even still, an adversarial DM, in, in most circumstances, in my opinion, is not cool. But that's a far cry from this game, which is collaborative. When you roll a complication, we come up with it together. So you're thinking about spending a point of wrath on, you, you end up failing this role to find out what this skull thing is. And you want to roll, or you want to you spend a point of wrath to make a narrative declaration that you do know what it is. And uh, whether we left it in the episode or not, I'm like, I don't know if I would waste that. And you're like, nah. I, uh, and we start talking about it back and forth and trying to figure out when it is appropriate to use a narrative declaration. So number one, this collaborative DMing. And it came up a couple times in this gameplay session, which we'll hear in the future episodes, but it's a very bizarre thing where I'm having a hard time drawing the line of how far is too far. Cause there's a couple of times in this episode where you're like, nah, I want to know that. Uh, it even says like when you're drawing up the campaign, when you're creating your character, I'm telling you what you're going up against. So you create the appropriate character. So there's not a lot of mystery. Um and it's just a very bizarre gameplay style for me. D, uh in our DD campaign that we're running, there's a lot of shit happening in the background, mm. and I'm dying for you to find it so I can unfurl this crazy shit that's going on. Uh and this it's it's almost like you need to know a lot of that
0: stuff. Okay. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. You, you know, we talk about wrath points. Like a narrative declaration, in my opinion, seems to be a a fairly significant, it it could kind of alter the way the gameplay goes. It's
1: supposed to. And that's what's fucked up about this book, I guess, depending on your point of view, because it gives the example for narrative declaration. It's a minor change to what's happening. right? Well, what's minor to you might not be minor to me oh, it's minor to us, might not be minor to somebody else who's listening. Like, are, like That completely changes everything. The example they give in the book is some shit like you're in a hangar trying to get onto a ship to ev- evacuate this warp ship uh, and they fail some kind of role and the player makes a narrative declaration that, oh, well, there's barrels of explosive shit right. that I can shoot. I get what they're saying. That's narrative. It's minor. That's a small thing. It's not like, oh, uh, well, no, the ship is here. I can escape. Like, that's completely changing the role. But now we are introducing these barrels that a second ago didn't exist. And, like, drawing that line is very... I don't know how you would play this game with strangers. I don't see how you could... With some a mechanic like that, Right, where I'm going to GM a game at a comic book shop with randoms, and then some these guys just start spending their wrath points, throwing out these crazy narrative declarations. Mm. And it's like... How many times can you say no before they're like, "Well, fuck you, then"? Yeah. Or how many times can you say yes before now, like I've lost complete control
0: of this campaign? Right. Because either you seem like a closed-minded GM, where you don't want to allow the players to kind of, uh, you know, make some sort of change to the campaign, or you seem like you're too player-friendly, where it's like, "All right, whatever you say goes." Right. The one thing that I think we've done. And I I kind of agree with it. Like, if if you take a look at the rules in the book, you start with, what, two wrath points at the beginning of each play session. And there are different ways to gain wrath. But right now, like, we have not done anything to gain wrath. I don't think we've done it once.
1: I gave you one point of wrath uh, after you spent seven minutes or so explaining what your character looked like.
0: All right, so there you go. One situation where I think good role-playing yeah. Is one of the criteria. And honestly, GM. that
1: was specifically because we were looking up what to use Wrath
0: for and how to accrue Wrath. And I'm like, I got to get better at just handing this shit out. See, but then part of me, like, believes that that it, it becomes almost a crutch, right? Because if, if we take a look at the way these gameplay sessions have gone, per episode, it, it amounts to what? Maybe an hour? Yeah. Now, I think the game is designed not so much for recording and putting it in a podcast. It's designed for a for group of play. guys to get together yeah. and record, well, not record, but play for like four to six hours at a time. So like two wrath during a six hour period, with the occasional circumstance where the GM decides that based on their role playing habits, hey, look, you know, that's a great idea. You did something really cool. Like here's a wrath point. For the purposes of our campaign, dude, I'm fine with you not giving out any. Like we get two and then that's it. And then you use it. It's very sparse. Yeah. When you know you also have the ability to to accrue glory. But then, and I think that's where it kind of But
1: on the flip side of that token, you weren't using any of it. And you kept losing it at right. the end of each session. So it's like you made a you made a, a I'm making you a verbally made effort. a decision that you were going to use it more. So right. I made a verbal decision I was going to give it to you more.
0: Uh, because I think there is a cool place for it. Um, well especially in in what ends up coming up in the following episodes yeah. when it comes to like re-rolling failures yeah you know I think that's probably one of the the biggest I mean narrative declarations are cool and I think we kind of you know scratched the surface of that but I think the whole rerolling failures is one thing that I overlooked in the early part of the campaign like letting these wrath kind of go Just away linger. and not using yeah. them yeah
1: uh, and then uh, this this session ends with. You tossing a grenade into a guard booth. Why would I do such a thing? And that was that guard booth. I want to just talk about that real quick. Um, we recorded that last week, so mm. you might not remember. We were sneaking past this guard booth.
0: You uh, saying I have a bad memory?
1: No, age. I'm old. Uh, I am old. You rolled a stealth test. You right. passed the test, and as typical, you passed with a complication. And you decide that your complication was you stepped on a branch, and it snapped. Now, that's a cool idea and we went with it, but here's the weird thing. But you passed the stealth test. Right. But then you failed it. Kind of. So then what I decided to do, because like this is such a a minutiae mechanics question. I don't even know if you'll find it in this 500-page tome. <laughs> uh, do the guys hear it? Because you passed the test, but that's your complication. We have to run with that complication. So we decided to roll a D3 to see how many guys were in that guard shack. Right. Uh, even though, technically, you didn't make any indication that you wanted to look inside to see if there was anybody in there. So we ended up rolling a D3, which is a 6, and just two four six. Uh, there ends up being, of course, because the dice are against you, three guys in there. So what I did, I think, which I guess was fair, is I had you roll the awareness test, for those guys. And I gave you five dice. You came up with a difficulty of three. If they succeeded, then they heard the stick and they were going to come out. And that whole thing, while I liked it and it was a little intense, it seems like to me, listening back, like, well, you fucking passed the test. And this is where the game gets a little overlapped on top of itself. And I almost feel like we might be better off just homebrewing a lot of this shit, but because the game is new, I'm trying as much as possible to stick
0: to the rules. Right. See, I I agree but disagree. Like, I love the idea of this whole, like, you pass, but there's, like, some minor negative component to you passing, you know? So, like, maybe, uh, see, and, and, and it's strange kind of, like, going back and thinking about it, but... I think it kind of changes the narrative of the campaign, or it might add some like new wrinkle in what we're trying to accomplish. In right. both me as the player and you as the GM, and the whole dialogue that exists back and forth, I think is fucking cool. Yeah, you know, do we homebrew it? Yeah, yeah, I, I could see to a degree. Yeah, we can kind of tweak it, you know, to make it work for us. Especially again, it's a single player campaign. You know, um, it, it it does kind of create like this conundrum It what is that like Schroeder Shr- what is that fucking the box with the cat Schrodinger you know what I'm talking about Schrodinger's cat like the cat is alive Pav- in the box Pavlov's dog no it's not Pavlov's dog is it Schrodinger's cat yeah 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 hold on or box <laughs> what the fuck is it called Shr- Schrodinger's cat <laughs> I should probably roll on that because I have a feeling I'm fucking we're about to find out Schro hold on Schro Schro Schrodinger's cat yeah.
1: Do I name this episode Hijinx hijinks with Schrodinger's Cat? I think
0: it's good. People <laughs> are going to look at this. This is why nobody listens to Warhammer. Yeah, they're probably they're like, what think the really like, what the fuck is what going is, on with these guys? Is, what
1: is Schrodinger's Cat?
0: Here, it is a thought experiment sometimes described as a paradox devised by Austrian physicist Erwin Schrodinger in 1935. It illustrates what he saw as the problem of the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics applied to everyday objects. The scenario presents a hypothetical cat that may be simultaneously both alive and dead, a state known as a quantum superposition as a result of being linked to the random subatomic event that may or may not occur. This is one of the... You need that pipe to fucking smoke. You should have been toking on that. What am I reading? Ah, my brain!
1: (laughs) 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 Did you mean for all those words to come out in that order? No. Okay. (laughs) I have no idea what just happened. I feel like one of the victims of uh, the Men in Black, a little blinky device that made me just lose my memory from the last 30 seconds. (laughs) We're all now dumber for having listened to that. Wow, I'm terribly... We should probably edit that out. Oh, no. No, leave that in. (laughs) Disregard. (laughs) I've made it a personal game of mine that whenever you say we have to edit that out, I make it louder. (laughs)
0: Like like highlighting back yeah.
1: music to it, good. Um, well done. Yeah, it, you know, if this wasn't a podcast, uh, I probably wouldn't even really give a shit. As long as everyone had fun, yeah, which of we course. did, which we did. Uh, then th- that's fine with me. But trying to entice people to play this game, I'm trying to be as true to the rules as possible. And you know what? To be completely honest, while I do love this game and I have a lot of fun running it, uh, there's a failure in the book because it is. And I can see it in your face, and I'm sure I have the same face. When it's time to go to the book, it is a daunting task. It's frustrating. Like, uh, do we have to go to the book? And I'm sitting there, like, mulling over my mind. What's the rule? What's the rule? What's the rule? What's the rule? I've read through that book
0: three, four times at this right. point, and I still, there's a lot of shit wrong. Nah, no, it's fucking, it's painful, dude. Every time I think I have to go to this book, I know I'm spending 15, minimum 15 minutes to try yeah. to find what I'm
1: looking for. Just throwing the grenade into this into this. Guard shack. Yeah. There's a mechanic for throwing grenades, but the amount of time that in this gameplay session that we spent in the book. Now nah, give me a wrath dice. Yeah, if you get a if you get a, a one on this wrath dice, this is gonna go bad. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, bad kid. Uh, and that's just I mean I, that's just laziness on my part. But it's like every time I have to open that book, I'm like, oh, yeah,
0: gosh. it's daunting. I'm not a fan. I think it, it the the rules are cool, the gameplay is fun, um, the mechanics are are enjoyable, but the way this book is written yeah. is fucking god awful. Yeah, it's really bad, especially when you compare it to something that's like tried and true. Yeah, of the D and D players. And handbook. I mean, I, I would be interested to compare
1: it against more quote unquote difficult versions of D and D because 5e is, from from what I understand. Like, baby's first D&D. Very easy to get into. Very
0: easy to just get in and go. Which, dude, this should be. This is the first version of this game. Yeah. And it's not like they're creating something brand new. I mean, role-playing games have been yeah. around for decades. So uh, you you have all these people who are working on this game who have a history of playing role-playing games, whether it was D&D or whatever, Rift, Shadowrun, whatever it is. Like, they're complete nerds like us. They know what they're doing. And then they write this book, and they write it in a way that's just so convoluted. I feel like I need to be high to understand this book. <laughs> right, you right, know? right, right, Like, I need to fucking, like, drop some tabs of acid, and then I would be able to understand where I need to go in this book to reference something.
1: Yeah, and the problem is, the biggest problem with this book is, because so many things are linked together and yeah. cross-tied, you can't just start chopping things no. and rewriting it to fit your table, because mm-hmm. if you chop X... Uh, y and Z are both affected by you removing X. You know what I mean? Oh, like everything is so intrinsically tied together. Yeah.
0: There's no way of getting around it. Dan, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't want to say it's poorly done because I mean the, the book is the, packed with information. It is. The I way think you they have an issue. It. The organization of the book is terrible because if you want to take a look at like combat, right? Combat starts on one page, but in order to fully understand the concept of co- combat in this game, of what? Fuck! I thought I was gonna sneak that one through. Hold on. Fuck. You drink again. <sighs> Damn you, Aberfeldy. Um, so you can get a, a general sense of combat when you look at that one particular section in the book, but in order to fully comprehend like what you're doing as far as combat goes in its totality you have to read the whole fucking book. Yeah. You know, because it's referenced in so many different sections of the book. And and that, I think, is stupid. Yes. You know? Like, give me the whole definition of combat in the combat section. And then if you want to tie different elements into it like later on, like, go for it. Yeah. But at least let me just reference combat to understand what the fuck right. combat is. Even something as
1: simple as, like, critical hits and combat complications, they're, like, eight pages away from each other. And... Yeah. And all they are are tables. Like, I... I yeah I, don't know. I have uh, let's see, so on here, this is the map that I drew of the combat scene that we got into, and these are all page numbers that reference the certain rules that we kept having to flip to- uh, co- uh crits, complications, mob rules, all this shit that I had to keep flipping back and forth to because there's just so much, yeah, and nothing is next to each other.
0: that's dumb, yeah.
1: So, um, all right. So <clears throat> to, uh, to Diablo three.
0: Hmm. What a fun game. Th- that's a horrible thing to say. Let me not just say it's a fun game. It's like very nostalgic. It takes me back. I I had a pause there for a minute because it, it took me back like fucking. Yes. Seven years. I want to cry. I want to shed a tear. Sure. <laughs> To fine print. Dude, even the Wrath and Glory book on the cover. The only, ra- the only fine print in this book is on the cover. Look how small Warhammer is.
2: <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with them?
0: <laughs> Fucking Warhammer. Like, don't don't sell the main brand. Okay, good job, guys. <laughs> to uh, Chibagadi's cat. Dude, it's Schrodinger.
1: Yes, that's what I
0: said. I'm a big fan of Austrian scientists. To dice. And pipes.